about the 2002 sports comedy drama Bend It Like Beckham with our guest Maria. Welcome. Hi guys, I'm so excited Hello. to be here. Hi. I love this movie, so I'm so happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. <laughs> we did it. I think we did it. It was good. It was good. It sounded great. Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here's a few ways you can. Did you know that you can write us a review and rate us and help us get more listeners? You can. Please do. I'm not begging. I'm just asking kindly. Just take a pause. (laughs) Just take a pause and just go ahead and write that review real quick. Even if you just wrote, love it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you. And if you want to be featured and help us grow, just head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. And when you're leaving that review, make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite platform. This will remind you when new episodes come out. And if you want to keep the love flowing, head to our Redbubble account and check out our merch. We've got shirts, cups, clocks, whatever you want. We put that, I was going to say, we put that shit on everything like that. It it is. It's like hot sauce. I hear it. it. Uh, Just just head to nomorelatefees.redbubble.com. And let's dive into the movie, Jackie. Tell us about Bend It Like Beckham. Absolutely. So instead of wanting to be like her older sister, who is prepared to be a traditional Indian wife, young Jess dreams of playing soccer professionally like her hero, David Beckham. Wholeheartedly against Jess's unorthodox ambition, her parents eventually reveal that their reservations have more to do with protecting her than with holding her back. When Jess is forced to make a choice between tradition and her beloved sport, her family must decide whether to let her chase her dreams and a soccer ball. Starring Praminder Nagra, Kira Knightley, John Three Smyers, Archie Punjabi, David Beckham. Oh, David Beckham's a pair. And there's okay. Juliet Stevenson and Shaznay Lewis. It was directed by Gurinder Chada and written by Paul Maida, Burgess Golgit Bindra, and Gurinder Chada. And you can watch it on HBO Max. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. Say the drill before we get into the movie, we're going to reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. It's okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Kick that football into the trash. (laughs) Very proud of you for calling Thank it you. a football. A Thank football. you. Oh, yeah. Football. I would have called it a soccer ball. Very, very, very <laughs> impressive. See, see, Nick, we know sports. <laughs> I am adaptable. <laughs> All right, Mar. Mario, we'll start with you. What is your rating? Your Y2K My rating? Y2K rating would be buy it. <laughs> like, my Y2K and soul love this. So I remember, like, quoting it with my friends constantly. So I would have bought it. <laughs> It was a two day for me. I I think it was just a little over Y2K Jackie's head. (laughs) That's very fair. fair. Uh, I I had some cultural growing to do. Danielle has it. 
it's upstairs. On DVD. <laughs> I, miss, I, love that. Uh, I did. I did watch it quite a bit. Can't wait to get into how Danielle feels about it now. Uh, let's get into the box office numbers. So this movie had a budget of $5.6 million and it made $76.6 million worldwide. Oh. And this movie, like our movie from last week, had a bit of a struggle to really get to where it needed to go. Last week we did my big fat Greek wedding. So oh, yeah. it's been That's very much an immigrant story comedy that. session back to back. I love it. So when this movie was originally released in the UK, it topped the country's box office for the next three weekends before it got overtaken by About a Boy, which I love that movie. That's fair. And it, in the UK, it grossed over 11 million euros, making it one of the highest grossing Black slash Asian themed British films with 32.5 million in the US box office revenue. Bennett Like Beckham became the highest grossing Indian themed film in the United States since the movie Gandhi in 1982, which is the year Jackie and I was born. So that bitch old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Gandhi didn't, who played? He was Ben Kingsley, was not. Yes. Yes. It was Ben Kingsley, thank you. I I was like, who was the Mandarin always bringing him back to the MCU? Because I couldn't remember his name. It's funny because I thought he might have been Indian just because of his casting. Yeah, we we definitely, I'm glad we're not doing the 80s. It would have been real hard. We would have had a lot of issues with some of our favorite movies and not so favorite. Yeah. At the time of the release, ben, like Beckham became the highest grossing association football themed sports film in the United States. And it remains the third highest grossing film there in this genre behind Kicking and Screaming and one of Mario's faves, She's the Man. No way. Okay. I was just yeah. thinking like, yeah, that's a huge for a British movie of the soccer aspect. Like you would think there'd be more movies. but Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, in, especially, I think there's definitely way more football themed movies. Football, in, yes. <laughs> in, I'm trying my best yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I should be uh, more sensitive, my bad. <laughs> across the pond, but like here in America, it True. is not surprising because clearly yeah. we think we're so special we call it soccer and that's true <laughs> and it's funny because in the last few years we've just seen everything come to a head especially when it comes to women's soccer slash football mm-hmm. and just the fight for equality and this movie was at I feel like at the height of the soccer league here in the United States for women. I think we won the Olympics. The women won gold. Like a lot of things were coming together. Soccer was the top of the top at that time. So it was just a cultural collision that was kismet, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure. I can completely see that. All right, Jackie, ready to dive in? Ready. So the movie starts with a Manchester United football game. It is the, it's not called the team over there. It's called something else. Uh, league? Is it a league? Yes. Sorry, maybe. Nick, starting off strong. <laughs> uh, I only know that from Ted Lasso, thank God. <laughs> Love Ted Lasso. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I could think of. I'm like, Ted Lasso does soccer. <laughs> <laughs> So it is the league that David Beckham plays for. We find out that our main character, Jess, 
is watching this, but then she starts to kind of imagine herself as the first woman player for this Manchester United league. The CGI in this scene is a <laughs> top tier, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know. And movie starts out strong with the <laughs> what time period you're in for sure. <laughs> Uh, her, her fantasies are interrupted by her family, which consists of her mom, her dad, and her sister, Pinky, who is getting married. And so I just wrote, mom is mad because she's bringing shame on the family. <laughs> <laughs> That's more or less it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can explain it more. Oh, yeah. So I didn't think I understood it at the time either, but now now that I've watched it with my growth, going through my 20s and my teenage years and getting to know my mom better as well, and I brought this up with Miss Marvel too. It's like, I understand now that it's like her mom really didn't get it probably. She's like, soccer? Like football? Really? Like, yeah. she, she probably just was assuming, she assumed boys, she assumed shorts, she assumed all these like terrible things. And you had brought up in your synopsis that like it's more to do with the fact that they're scared because mm-hmm. her father went through his own sports racism, dream, essentially. Racism that came with being having a sports dream. So it's a lot of I'm not understanding it, not expecting it from a girl, because I do think the gender roles are very heavy in this movie. Yes. yes. And rewatching it, I was like, wow, this is really heavy on gender roles. And then on top of that, the racism and the worry of an immigrant parent whenever their kid is trying something new that's outside of their own comfort zone. So it's I- shame. But it's also fear more so. Yes. It's funny because obviously you're not born with fear. You inherit fear from your parents. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times our parents don't realize that they are passing on the fear of the unknown. And being, I'm first generation essentially, because my mom came here when she was about 13, 14 from Jamaica. And I, I just know that them coming here was such a brave thing to do so it always was such a weird dichotomy for me that they could be that brave to come here and the challenges that they faced coming here but then be so scared of everything that they came here for to give us in the first place which which was the opportunities to be scared to actually take the routes to get them and do things that were outside of what they could see. And I think for us being children of immigrants that you, it's really hard for us because we're so enmeshed in our family and what our family values are and that we want to make them proud because they made those sacrifices. So you kind of feel like this split of, you don't want to disappoint them, but you also know that you can do something. And it's like, in order to do it, you kind of have to defy them. It's very difficult. And some of us, it takes us a long time to, to get there. And some of us don't even do it. We just, we just, just give in. Yeah. I feel like I want to cry because it's just like, they went through so much to come here and it, you want them to know that every sacrifice, every hardship that they went through was worth it. So mm-hmm. this movie is just like, I'm not Indian, but I could feel that. And I, I love, I'm really happy I rewatched it recently. Like I would have rewatched it, but it, it, after, especially with Ms. Marvel, it was just like growing up. I'm like 30 something now. I've definitely had my, I had my relationship with my mother. I've definitely been working on my own identity with how the South Asian Muslim immigrant, all of it affected me. And it's a combination of like, like you said, like the immigrant parents, but then there's like the generational trauma that like comes with it, that we as kids, it's interesting because it's like, we feel the effects of generational trauma, but we don't know what caused it. Right. So like, yes. you're trying to understand, 
and I'm going to word this badly, but I know I said in the video once well, which was that like, we're feeling the effects personally, but we don't understand why we're like, but our actual personal life is not like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, my parents are scared, but I have no reason to be scared. Why are my parents scared? And like, you don't really understand it as a child. Cause you just hear them like telling, you no, and yeah. you, you don't have that cognitive reasoning or like experience of being like, oh, my parents are doing it for this reason. It takes like decades of like learning and growing and adapting, but it just comes with, it's like, there's no textbook on the immigrant experience, right? There's no understanding yeah. of this. And it's like, we're literally learning in real time what we're, we're supposed to do. And that's why it gets so emotional because it's, it's literally our journey as well. Like their journey is and how it affected us because like we want to make them proud. We do feel the sense of guilt whenever we mess up. But at the same time, it's like we are doing our own thing because they also did their own thing because they defied their parents and what their parents did to be <laughs> here. <laughs> so like they did it so we can too. And like, it's like, we're doing the same thing, but in different, in our own way and like coming together. Like my mom and I still go back and forth. Cause she's just like, why are you doing it this way? I'm just like, well, you made sure that I could do this. Right. I'm going to make the most of it by actually, like, I don't want to live in fear. I want to like flourish. And like, right. There's a Hasan Minhaj quote that he does in his comedies, like our parents adapted, but we, we want to like, we don't want to just adapt. We want to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to make a presence. So it's, it's a learning curve. It's the best way to say it. I, when you talked about gender norms, it's not just that we see yeah. the heavy gender, the gender norms. Mm-hmm. We see it in Juliet, her friend mm-hmm. played by yeah. Kira Knightley, because she has like a whole other set, which is, this is why when we talk about feminism and intersectionality, why it's so important, because this, the same vehicles that are contributing to both narratives are coming from the same source, right? Mm -hmm. So the misogyny that is being pushed on Juliet is coming from the same source that is the racism, the gender roles, and trying to you're it's almost like you come here and your parents are trying to teach you to be small so that you're not taking up space because that's what they had to do to fit in assimilate to be able to navigate and not get trouble they didn't want trouble right mm-hmm. yeah um exactly. and well all of those things are coming from the same source and yeah. instead of feeling like these things are separate we have to talk about these things together to realize that's the only way we move forward is Mm -hmm. to break past the moles of both of them. I I remember like with my grandma, when I met Jackie, it was different because like I wanted to hang out with her all the time. And my grandma just like was not understanding that concept because it was family. Like for her friends were her family. And when she lived in New York, that she had experiences in life where she couldn't trust that people were going to have her back. So the idea that I would so willingly be free to trust this little white girl down the street was like insane to her. And it took years for her to realize, oh, she, she ain't going nowhere. This girl's still around. Okay. I like her. I like, I didn't know that. That's a, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We met when we were 15. Yeah. I oh I love that I have, I've been yeah. really close to my childhood friend so like doing a podcast <laughs> together would be like the dream oh my god <laughs> uh, it would be like about Bollywood movie yeah you said it so well with that story that like our reality is different from the fear that they experience we're just trying to understand it it's a lot yeah exactly I also love that this movie 
had a close connection with her sister because mm-hmm. as a child, I remember being like, oh, her sister is like a girly girl. Like she doesn't get it. <laughs> but like watching it now, I'm just like, wow, her sister and her had a lot of great discourse and a lot of conversations about how there are two different females that want different things in their lives. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really important thing to acknowledge as from woman to woman too, that not all of us want the same things, but that doesn't make any of our stories less. None of us are less feminine. None of us are less of a woman because like some of us don't want to get married or some of us do want to get married. Like we can, we should be able to support each other in both ways we exist. Yeah, she doesn't, they have a really good conversation where she doesn't put her sister down because her sister wants to get married and have all those Mm -hmm. things. And she doesn't tell her sister that that's not enough or that's bad. She just says that she wants more and different things. Mm -hmm. And And her sister, it says like, don't you want this? Like, this is happiness to me. Right. Like, and then she's just basically saying, no, that's not my happiness. Like, it's not my truth, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Well, we've had so many good breakdowns and we have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much to say about this movie too so i'm excited <laughs> yeah so yeah after we're introduced to jess and her mom and her sister dad's still a work at this point they need to go shopping her sister does compare herself to others and her friends because she's freaking out that someone is wearing the same color as her and so she has to go buy a whole new outfit and all Jess needs is shoes yeah I'm related to this moment so much I was like how dare these bitches steal my pink blush color When I heard that, because like when we watching it, I'm just like they chose the same color as the bride. I was like, how? Who? What? That is yes, a, that is a move. You know what that move is. <laughs> Those three are the mean girls of England. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I forget how like they're prominently in the movie too. Yes. So they're exactly the mean girls. <laughs> I love also that in this next scene that what's wonderful, especially like here and in England that a lot of different immigrants have pockets of places where they have almost like their entire, it's like they brought their entire country and have like a mini version of it. Like I can go to a Jamaican restaurant, a Jamaican grocery store and get the things that I need. And it's just like in a pocket, every place in, in every big city here in the United States, you can go and find a little China, a little Italy, a little, like Mm -hmm. there's just all these little subsets and that's where they go to go shopping and, and let me tell you so like just because like how i relate to miss marvel and kamala khan so much more our little pockets in jersey <laughs> <laughs> we have little pockets here like my community here is actually i grew up in pittsburgh our community here was strong but the mecca for us is jersey like we go to like edison right away so like whenever kamala was from jersey i'm like it makes so much sense <laughs> that's where we all are that's where of course she is <laughs> But yeah, that's a really good point. And as soon as she like goes to the store, she just meets the mean girls like right away. Yeah. (laughs) First people she sees. And I was like, of course they're there, like ready to make her feel insecure. (laughs) And this is also when we meet Kira Knightley's character, Jules, and her mom works in like a lingerie store Mm -hmm. and Jules is going, she needs a sports bra. And mom is like, look, you can pump these up. And like, (laughs) it's like, don't you want boobies and stuff? And Jules is like, no, like, leave me alone. (laughs) And go ahead. (laughs) I heard that line that she says, she's like, all the girls bought them for their daughters. I died. I was like, so well done. Yes. I definitely felt that because I have never been felt up more than by my own grandma making this to see what kind of bras I need to be put on. And 
like she tried everything like these boobs weren't going away and she was pissed she bought minimizers <laughs> everything it was driving her crazy yeah um so I had the opposite problem of Jules her mom was pumping her up my grandma was dumping it down <laughs> for me it wasn't just my grandmother it was my aunts <laughs> <laughs> they would just be like you should probably wear this and said I'm like I know <laughs> now we've come to the terms where now like it takes me like 30 years to be like this is what it looks like that we all have them like yes we have exactly. back problems we get it <laughs> After we're done shopping, they're walking back home and there's a pickup football game in the park with the dudes. So of course, Jess goes and starts playing. Her sister went to go run more errands. And then I think she went to go get the food her mom needed to make for dinner. Yes. So her BFF Tony is playing with the guys. And so Mm -hmm. he's like, come play. And first of all, Big ups to Tony, who deserves so much more and so many flowers for just being a stand-up friend in this mm-hmm. movie. And I like for that time, I was like, this is a very well, like healthy masculine character. Like, I just cannot get over the fact that like this character existed for 2002 and was so supportive as a male. <laughs> yeah, and in the Indian community, it, mm-hmm. I I can't even imagine like that kind of character was difficult because it was not it's okay. It's not seen. It's yeah. not seen. I mean, for the layers of like his own stuff that he was going through, but it it was just such a healthy relationship, like a healthy boy girl relationship. Mm-hmm. Watching it now, it's just like this doesn't even exist now. <laughs> so yeah, it's very progressive for that movie. And later, when he comes out to her and how just like natural mm-hmm. it is, and when he tells her she doesn't try to tiptoe around her reaction. She just reacts and is just like, it's cool. But, you know, it was just such a natural conversation. Yeah. Her her reaction was literally like, what are you going to tell your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I laughed because I'm just like, that's literally, that's literally what the first thought would be. Like, did you tell your parents? (laughs) Like, whenever one of my friends came out, I was always like, are you going to tell your mom? <laughs> like, that's my fear. Cause I would be, that would be my concern. Like, oh no, I need to talk to my mom about this. So it's very natural, very like reactive in a good way though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a very, yeah, that, that whole relationship is a very healthy understanding relationship between the two of them. So as she's playing in the park, Kira Knightley, Jules, is happened to, uh, happens to be walking through the park. And so she's kind of observing Jess play, notices she she's like holding her own with the dudes, like she's a good football player. And then the next scene is Jess is at home talking to her David Beckham posters, which is Danielle's <laughs> background. That is so cute. It's like <laughs> she's praying to her God, essentially. Exactly. She has an affinity for soccer and it just so happens that David Beckham is the top player in her time frame right now and her coach is cool Mm -hmm. and understands soccer and understands what she loves. I think if any of the Indian guys that she played in the park with actually thought it was cool that she could play soccer and treated her like an equal yeah, mm-hmm. you might have had some sort of interaction with them. But I also think that there are so many movies coded with and, and Maria talked about this on one <laughs> of her like, TikToks. <laughs> yeah. But like, 
it's not as prevalent in a lot of black movies because usually black movies are just black movies but I see it happening more now where instead of us having like our own movies we're having like these melting pot movies but it's always like the white guy is the interest of the love Mm -hmm. interest for a person of color female lead always it's just like there's always some way to like wheel that in we can't have the storyline without having the white gaze still there it's funny because it's sort of two things I also say that like watching it now because when I was younger I'm just like oh it's the white guy with so at the time the movie came out it was a big deal that she was with the white guy and it was actually a good thing because like at the time we didn't see it we were also like there's just like this connotation with South Asian females not being attractive not being the one that men desire so to see that the white man wanted her was like a huge moment for us like we're like we were here for it was John Therese Myers like we're like yes and over her white girlfriend which yeah. I, I definitely want to talk about that we later definitely too. be getting into and like I will say now watching because at the time I was just like oh they're just doing the trope together so we have a moment for a win a very Mindy Kaling move and now watching it, I'm like oh they're connecting on like family they yes. a lot on family so it's like watching it now I realized that it wasn't just soccer and that he was cool it's just that he was the first one that listened to her with her family problems he's the one that talked to her parents he's the one that says that I have a hard dad too I also got hurt here's my knee bruise like it, yeah, it was, it was so very true. much like they connected so I actually see why they get along and I actually see that they had reasons to be together I would actually ship them I'd be like yeah no he's good for her and it's so funny I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up like your experience with black media because for us it was like we always we never were in the love interest and we got to be the love interest and then the white guy liked us and it wasn't first it was like is it us is it fetishization is it because we're exotic yeah and then we finally got that we could exist so now like with miss marvel the fact that she is now liking brown men it's like that is the progressive move like it's so funny how it's like the opposite almost yeah. like first we need to exist and then we, getting the white guy was a great thing. But now we're like, okay, we're over white men. <laughs> now we want our own. Like, now we want a different race. Like, we just wanted to have those stories. Don't feel like a trope. Like, at the time, it didn't feel like a trope. And we were watching it. I'm really happy that Bended Like Beckham's story wasn't a trope. But there are so many times where it just feels like a trope. That, like, oh, the BIPOC main female gets with the white guy. And it's almost as if it's just being forced in there. So I'm glad that, like, it both Miss Marvel and Better Life Beckham could give more depth to these stories rather than making it just a trope for representation. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. There are some moments in the movie that do hurt my feelings and we'll get to <laughs> get to it later when we're talking about being felt as desirable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so she's playing in the park at this point Carrie Knightley is watching her like a stalker. Mean girls mm-hmm. are watching her like, who the hell is that? And why is she yeah. staring at her? <laughs> they even say like, there's that white girl. Like, why is she okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the next scene is back at the house. She's having her conversation with David Beckham. And there is a line that mom is preparing for the engagement party. And so, and Mom also says something to the effect of like, I need to t- teach you how to cook. And then Jess is like, the boys don't have to learn how to cook. Like, why do I have to yeah. learn how to cook? They're yeah. out playing soccer while I'm expected to learn all of these traditional cooking mm-hmm. practices. And so she kind of like calls out those, like you said, those gender roles that have been traditionally passed down. Part of me is like, yes, Jess, but other part of me is like, 
learn how to make Goldie girl that should taste good <laughs> I, I like have like I completely agree with both like I agree with just like why do I have to learn how to cook because it's like it's not a sport I want to learn how to cook for me not for my husband yes. <laughs> I want to eat this good food but I also love that at the same time with Kira Knightley's character what's her character's name I kind of I'm kind of Jules. Jules Jules yeah her mom also brings up the fact that like no one will marry her if she plays sports it was yes I like noticed that this time I was like her mom's also pretty pushy about the whole marriage like for your husband so I'm glad that they brought that up because it just shows like the gender in underlying misogyny is still rooted in both families yeah exactly voices and I love that and it's funny because like cooking is like the biggest thing to the mom because even at the end spoiler alert She's just like, well, I taught you how to cook a full Indian dinner. So you- <laughs> yeah, but because that's what she was raised and instilled to know that that's what you're supposed to, like to be a good mother means that you are preparing your daughter to be a good wife. And that is something my mom says all the time. <laughs> I don't understand. She's just like, if my, if your in-laws don't like you, that is me as a failure. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it makes no sense. Like I'm helping okay. Like that is your success. And she's like, no, your in-laws are going to be the real judges. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's instilled by the culture, unfortunately, and it's a little rooted in misogyny as well, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Very well. So we're now at the engagement party. And so Pinky, Jules, or Jess's sister, is sitting there in her new sari. She got a new fit for this occasion. <laughs> so she doesn't match everyone else. The, I love when the cell phone rings. And like literally everyone <laughs> is like taking out their flip phones and like, like all the aunties and everything. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And the flip phone part is amazing. Yes. <laughs> it's a moment. It's definitely a, a time capsule moment in time for real uh, with that. The music up until this moment too, like the music all in throughout was great, but like the music was so nice, like the early 2000s. Like, yes. Like, I do love how they use the song Move On Up because yeah, that is theme too. I think they use Move On Up. And it, it's such a uplifting Black song that happened during a very, throughout like the civil rights movement. Like, so I thought it was really cool that she used that song with, yeah. with I, what she was going through. I noticed that this time too, because I knew that Move On Up was in the movie. But it's like literally the next scene, like, because I think the tryouts are next, right? After the mm-hmm. engagement. So she, they play Move On Up, like, right then. And then they bring it back, I believe. So they used it twice. Yeah. And if you yeah, guys so- don't know who Curtis Mayfield is, you should definitely look him up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So just prior to that is Jules is at the park again. And that's when she introduces herself to Jess and says, hey, we have this summer league going. Why don't you come try out? It's a women's league. There's going to be scouts for WUSA <laughs> because England does not have a professional women's league. So this is kind of the way to get to a professional status in, in football slash soccer, plus receive scholarships to go to college mm-hmm. in conjunction with that. And so Jess knows her parents aren't going to be happy, but she kind of is like, let's do it. I'm just going to say that I have a, a summer job and my summer job is going to be soccer. And well, I love that Jules is the one that yeah. do that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I agree. I love that that's how they form their bond. But I also love that Tony yet again is in the encouragement because 
for Jules, she doesn't think she's that great. She thinks she's just mm-hmm. been playing with the guys, especially since her parents don't, it's not something, it's like a hobby. It's not mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have here, this girl, I don't even know, identifying that I have skills and then I have my best friend encouraging me, I think is what makes, because if you watch how she progressively starts to get more confident in mm-hmm. her her skills and just her making it okay for her to say, you know what? I do love this thing. It is a part of me. Yeah. It You naturally, you, you slowly start to see it. And I love that it's not her putting the seeds, but it's two people, someone who doesn't know her. So that validates her in a different kind of way. And someone who does love her both putting those seeds in. So, And I, def- I definitely notice it more watching it now as like an adult, because I, that scene, whenever she does a tryout and he's like, what do you, like warm up where are your shoes where is this like she doesn't have any of it and like I was just like wow yeah like she doesn't even have soccer shoes like here's this girl and he's like what field position do you play she's like oh at the park like, yes. <laughs> like you can just tell that she's more of an amateur but like not really so like it, it's why would she she's just someone who loves soccer who plays yeah. soccer. and then for someone to be out of the league and be like you should play this and like she doesn't even have football like she doesn't have the gear she doesn't even have like the mindset of it it's just it's a big moment and like her best friend being like you're good enough is yeah and this and this is opposite than what most sports movies are like when you have some novice when especially when it's from a male gaze that person is usually persecuted like no other there's always somebody on the team that is like you're stealing my position kind of thing there's always those vibes but in this movie it doesn't happen I love that the I love that the female soccer team bonded with her so much. Like my mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of this movie is all of them helping her with their sari. Yes, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just love that it was so seamless. Like, yeah, her and Jules had a moment, but her fitting into the soccer team was not a problem. And like, that's just how females are. <laughs> like, that's just how. I remember whenever I started playing basketball, I didn't have the shoes. Like, no one was mean to me. Like, they were like, "You should get better shoes," and like, "You should go here." It was. It just. It kind of reminded me of like what female relationships can be. It's a very healthy outlook on I think a lot of movies especially because and Jackie and I talk about this all the time in other movies that because there wasn't a woman writing ever yeah that when men write about women and women relationships they don't understand the nuances most of the time and they always pit us against each other yeah and that's that's not how yeah Yeah. that's not usually our experiences with each other Mm -hmm. and it definitely shows in the writing now again like this was something I only noticed now when my rewatch like I didn't have it went over my head as a child for sure in one of the next scenes the coach is it Jules that tells Jess about the coach's knee injury and that's why he's coaching the girls league Jules kind of formed it because there was only a men's league and so Joe is the coach and he blew out his knee had to have surgery and so now he's coaching the girls league and then he's a bartender in the like lounge area of the stadium. And so I, I do want to talk about, mm-hmm. the, so like we get to the scene of them trying out. So the breakdown of the, the fictional team is actually real soccer players. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Okay. So there's, pretty much three people who aren't real soccer players which is the the actress who plays Jess mm-hmm. the actress who plays Jules Kira Knightley and the actress who plays Mel the captain who mm-hmm. is actually a singer and she is from All Saints 
Chata pushed for all of them to actually train before the movie. So they were training and they got so good. I read something that Karen Knightley, the coach, he was like, if she, if I had gotten her when she was like 10, I could so see her being a professional soccer player. She just has natural skills. And and the same with Harminda. She really, really just pushed her heart out to learn how to do the bend it like Beckham kick and everything like that and both of them hurt themselves quite a bit <laughs> training I can but imagine. They, yeah, I think they broke some toes and all sorts of stuff it's mm-hmm. kind of I played, I played soccer for two years and like blew my knee so well not blew my knee because that's I just hurt my knee but yeah so I can imagine <laughs> it's it's an endurance sport I mm-hmm. couldn't make mm-hmm. it I'm gonna be honest yeah, I know I would- I the only the only two because I could run fast, so I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I don't know how to kick a ball, but okay. I just didn't like the wait a minute. I finally get here, and we got to run back this way. I'm tired. <laughs> My husband was a soccer player, and his sister told me like we would go to the games, and we would sit and hold our breath and wait for the red card, like every single game, because <laughs> he he's very passionate and he was team captain. So if it wasn't, even if like a call was made against him, Mm -hmm. if anything happened to one of his teammates, he was like up in a face yelling. And so then they're like, well, we've been here five minutes. Let's pack our stuff and go home (laughs) because Ken's not in the game anymore. So So the next scene is we see Jules at home in the, in the back garden playing with her dad. They're playing a pickup game of soccer or football. And mom is like, she says, well, Sporty Spice is the only one without a fella. (laughs) Like mom, give it a break. Like. I love that the Spice Girls are so heavy in this movie. Yes. yes. I love it. They bring them up a few times. Great. Posh made a song for the, there's Spice Girl songs on the soundtrack. Posh mm-hmm. made the song. Mel C, there's two Mel C songs in here. Oh, wow. Okay. And one of her songs she had to, she recrafted it to fit the narrative of the movie. It's when Jules and Jess go shopping. Mm-hmm. It's one of Mel C's songs. Oh, okay. 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 It's called Independence Day. And, and let's be honest, I'm going to say it right here, right now, that Melcy is the better singer of the entire group. I yeah. said it. I yeah, said no, it. It's, it's fine. Very fair. It's very fair. Yes. Um, I, I just, I love that they made songs. Like, I love that she was part of it. It's because mm-hmm. I know they referenced them. I didn't know that they sang the songs too. That's great. The next scene is more practice and Joe gives her boots in a kit. So I wrote it down. Look at my girl. Yeah, good job. Look at I can girl. learn. So they're doing drills, but Jess is in the bleachers. So Joe goes over to talk to her. Is like, why aren't you doing drills with the rest of the team? And so she tells him this story, which is actual, actually, Parminder's story of she has a large scar on her upper thigh. And she was making beans on toast and caught her pants on fire. And so she was left with this scar. And I love that. And, and the whole reason for the scene is because the the shorts for their jerseys are short and you can see the scar, but they made the choice to weave that story into the movie instead of trying to avoid shots where you can see it or covering it with makeup. 
if they kind of own that piece of Parmander in the story. And I, um, and I love that they used it as a way to connect the characters and grow the yes. characters too. So I love when they do those things. Yes. And so she, she's like, and you can sense that there is kind of shame been put upon her from her family. Her, her parent, her mom, especially is always like need to wear long, long shorts. You can't show your legs, things like that. And so Joe just says like, Hey, I have a scar too. Like, it's okay. Does it affect your playing? If not get out on the field and do drills. Like, <laughs> And I, I just want to also like that's seen as beautiful, but you know me, petty all day. So I want to talk about Jules. This is the first time we get a glimpse that Jules is getting a glimpse that some, she's she catching the vibe in, right? Yeah. Between the two of them. And she's thirst trapping for sure all the time. Whole yes. time, the whole time. <laughs> Thirsty, somebody needs to get that girl some water. And Jess asks her about it. Like, do you like the coach? And she's like, no, I mean, like, just be honest. I, we we can't we can't do anything anyway because it's not allowed because he's our coach. But like, even then, like, and, whatever. And it's like, girl, if you like him, just say you like him, yeah. and then but you can't Jess get mad at Jess later. Jess doesn't speak girl too. Like, if Jess spoke girl, she would have known. She would have yeah. known. And they show that because, like, even whenever she was talking to the mean girls earlier, whenever they're like, who's that boy? Like, are you, like, or, like, your boyfriend over there? Like, she she was just very much, like, staring at them, like, not interacting, not knowing what to say. She's just like, ew, no, I don't like boys. Like, it's just very much that, like, you could tell that Jess does not have the social nuances, essentially. Yes. To pick up on those things. She so just, she just hasn't, she hasn't gotten there yet. And sometimes yeah. that happens. Like, she, when most guys and girls have that split, when we both start liking guys or whatever, she didn't. She was still acting like when we were little and we could all just play with each other and it's not a big deal. She doesn't have that mindset. And I, I have an, a, her best friend is a guy and yeah. her probably only female kind of relationships that she has is with her sister who kind of is and, her translator. And her sister and like the girls around her are very open about the relation, like their feelings. Like her sister was mm-hmm. dating someone it was very obviously in love with someone even those girls were like I like that guy I fancy him British so like so she probably was like if I ask Jules and she says no usually girls tell me when they like someone so yeah Yeah. her normal association is like if they liked her if she liked him she would have told me and that's cultural as well right like I find that a lot especially in the black community we're way more vocal about things or in the way that we have that shorthand and when you get into Caucasian society, the rules for white women are taught very differently a lot of the times. So that the direct approach is not something they're allowed or we're taught to be allowed to do. So that also can cause that cultural gap. Like you're not allowed to openly say that. I don't know. I think- I think that might be true too because I was thinking about like growing up because I grew up around brown girls like Pakistani Muslim girls mostly and I was like we were very vocal <laughs> like we just kind of said things even if we like the same guy we'd be like oh sorry <laughs> like we would talk about it so like I you're that is probably true I, I've never yeah well but, not including Jackie because that bitch gonna tell you <laughs> no but I it's like true. That. <laughs> that's good I'm very much about being open because I, I crush on everyone though too you've seen my TikToks and me I'm like that's mine don't touch it 
Sometimes I have to be like, Danielle, come down. <laughs> don't try to tame me. But I will say with Jules, so there's a lot of things that I miss as a child while watching this, but I picked that up as a child too. I'm like, girl was thirsty. <laughs> girl, yeah. like that was something even as a child, I was like, she really likes him. So her pretending like, I don't know, she should have just been honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't hiding it well. No. no. <laughs> it just so happened that Jess is just not real good at reading the science. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a connection. Like it was pretty, I don't know. It was just pretty obvious. He went to our family. Like anytime multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. I would just be like, he's going to visit us, like an Indian family. Like that's a huge step for a coach, a coach to take. Yeah. <laughs> Not just coach anymore. Like <laughs> uh, she should have picked up on some stuff too, I think. But I think yeah. it's a cultural divide too as well. And so Joe does give her the confidence she needs to go out and, and finish practice. And then on what, her way home, she she's walking through the park and she starts playing with the guys that are always in the park. And then mom sees, and mom is not yeah. happy about those short shorts. I, was, I would be devastated too. I'd be I'd run away. <laughs> I, I love that she did have confidence though when the guys started making fun of her because obviously they've never seen her leg. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, whatever. And she doesn't get Shy insecure. Way. Like after she's yeah. empowered mm-hmm. once, mm-hmm. it's almost like she, she's a, a video game character. She levels up. She don't go back yeah. down. Yeah, she just keeps great. going. Yeah. She's an independent woman, volume one. <laughs> <laughs> Until her mom shows up. Yeah, yes. Then it's, then it's a whole nother story. Because the boys start kind of teasing her and stuff. And they're kind of like picking her up and doing bro stuff and (laughs) mom sees and she's like your legs are out boys are touching you what is going on they want the family yes and you're talking about playing this football like what the hell are you wearing it's bad and so she just does try to be honest Mm -hmm. as much as she can and tells mom about the team and her mom's just like you've played enough for your life like you can just stop now you've played enough <laughs> I'm laughing because it was like such a because my mom, parents are like you can do this after medical school you can do yeah. this then. and it was like what is with this like reserve of like you did enough of it? like I remember like growing up like you had fun on Saturday you don't have to have fun for the rest of the week <laughs> <laughs> that's it's, exactly it it's almost like why are you asking for so many things like yes. it's too much it's you too played much a- like your time log is enough for soccer. You're right. <laughs> so she and quickly she gets, realizes like really good at lying. She gets yeah. caught so much though. Do you notice that like yeah. in most movies you get caught like once and then but this picture's getting caught like every every day. I, and she kept going though. Like good yeah. for her. So she yeah. This is when, so after that interaction with her mom, she's kind of down because she was trying to be honest with her, her parents and it didn't work out. And Tony says like, you have to do what makes you happy. And if that's kind of not telling them, then, then that's what you should do. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, Tony, Tony, I want him to find a nice boyfriend. I know. He deserves everything. Yes. There's a moment where he looks like that. It was really cute. There's like, a moment at the yeah, wedding where he's yeah. dancing with someone and they're oh like, I was like, I mean, those are my favorite. 
I will say a moment for Jules because Jules also like my mom hates that I played soccer. I still play it. It was very much like, okay. Like I, it always is nice to hear that. Like for, especially from like, if you are like a BIPOC female, like whenever you hear like another white girl be like, yeah, yeah, I do it too. And you're like, oh, okay. It's normal. Like it just, whenever Jules is like, my mom doesn't approve. I play soccer anyway. I'm sure that gave Jessica a lot. It's because you're yeah. so othered all yeah. the time in white spaces. So when someone else who's white is experienced on something like to feel that normal mm-hmm. and it, I always think the mother-daughter relationship we I feel like sometimes I don't know like talking about my mom because I'm just like I don't know how other people act with their mother so hearing people having the similar relationship makes me feel like oh okay so you get it like having this type of mother who's really int- not intrusive but like very involved in my life because usually it's not normal for mothers to be like who are you talking to what are you doing where are you going <laughs> like so my mom still does that to me and I'm like 30 something so it never oh, stops I I'm 40 and my mom still has find my iphone for me <laughs> but Jackie's mom is really like Jackie's mom was the cool mom growing oh, up amazing. like her mom was the safe haven we all can hang out there we oh, could okay. tell her anything it, it was just but not when you watch TV shows and movies, there's like the cool mom, but she's like giving you drugs and stuff. Not like yeah. that. You know, no, just actually, the cool mom that actually cares. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so yeah, mom just knows where I am all the time. She has called me on the phone before and been like, you're at such and such restaurant. Why didn't I get an invite? <laughs> I like that restaurant. I like mom. <laughs> And like growing up now, like it's, it, I understand that like when mothers are intrusive, it's a form of love. It's just like, you're not, you're not used to it growing up. Yeah. So it's like, whenever you hear other mothers like that, you're like, wow, your mom was, I, I didn't realize how young Jess was supposed to be in this movie either. Like she's pre-college. So I was like, it was probably her still learning that like, Hey, my relationship yeah. with my parents is very similar to other people. I never knew that because I was just always in a Punjabi like brown space. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So this next scene is kind of a montage. It's her practicing, playing games, learn is starting beginning to learn how to cook from her mom. We do get this really awesome scene where it's like Jules is really excited about something and goes to hug Joe and it's not reciprocated at all. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, girl, pick the hint. And Jules's dad surprises her and builds like this thing out of wood where it has different like areas to kick goals in and stuff. And so he's very appreciative. And I can never tell if it's like, I wish I had a son or just like supporting Jules in her interests. Like it, it, that never really is fleshed out. I feel like I think with him, I think he just wants her to be happy. And I love the parallels that we get from both families. We see the Mm -hmm. same kind of very intrusive mothers and Mm -hmm. the gender norms that they're pushing, but only because they really want their children to be successful and happy, but Mm -hmm. they do it in not the best communicative ways. And then both dads, one of the things that Chada talked about when she decided to make this movie her father had passed away and she really wanted to make this movie as a tribute to her dad, which at the end you see that it is mm-hmm. written to him, but also that in so many South South Asian movies and characters of fathers, they were always shown as very like harsh and 
domineering and and she wanted to show like what her relationship with with her father was and and that lovingness and that that tenderness that a father she knew like fathers could be and read a lot of articles and so many people talked about how how much they love that aspect and how it just made it okay for that for the the dad to be more affectionate and loving and I thought that was sweet and fun fact about the father that plays father his name's Anupam Kher he's a very famous actor from Bollywood and he's one of my favorites so like choosing him because he's he's a great dad he's like one of the perfect he's my favorite dad in Bollywood so like the fact that she casted him she was doing her research to get that because he always plays a supportive loving father so she made sure to get the right one and I I get my dad is a mix between Kamala Khan's father and uncle here. And he's like, he's a little harsh on me because of the stuff he's gone through. But at the same time, like you're a star, you're marvelous at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, a little, it's adorable. But it, I just love that both families, Jules and J- Jess, come from love. Like they still mm-hmm. support in a different way. But the mothers are just, like you said, want them to be successful and happy. So they're a little intrusive. And the fathers are like, I, I saw her for Jules' father, just like you said, trying to support her and loving her. And I really just love the fact that they showed how love can exist in a similar way, even if it's in a different like color. So, Right. And in our next scene, uh, mom calls Pinky and asks her to pick Jess up from her part-time job her or her job, her fake oh. job. Yeah, I want to remember that Tony also says like, oh yeah, Pinky sneaks around with him so you can sneak around with soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see it. I was like, oh my gosh, Tony like looking out, like thinking about it that way. I was just confused. Like if Jess didn't have a real job, weren't her parents eventually going to ask for like, where does money? The, where the money is? <laughs> yeah, I, I, she was a bold lie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bold Especially lie. because later on, Jess asks for money for shoes. Yeah. <laughs> And she was really dumb in that scene for not hiding her soccer shoes. She should know her family by now. Yeah, like, one thing Miss Marvel has taught everyone is that we know how to lie. (laughs) (laughs) We just know how to cover our tracks. Like, so it's just like, she should have known. This also just shows that Jess is still learning, like, like, a female, like, decorum, essentially, of, like, knowing to be stealth about things, not... Giving some truths, not all the truths. Yeah. Well, and in that scene, like the sister pulls out, it's obviously an Adidas box. And I thought for a second, because the she's looking at her parents who are not paying attention. I thought she was gonna like hide them or like put them back in the bag and kind of pretend like she didn't see them. So she just opens that box and pulls out the soccer cleats. Yeah, that girl didn't. Yeah, she also had money for two shoes just get a cute pair of shoes if she would have gotten the cute pair of shoes her mom would have not cared about the boots yeah like this is like me as an older person being like hey (laughs) teenage jess this is what you have to do next time and if she like the shoes it it didn't matter if she didn't like them or not the sorry would have covered them so like what are you doing yeah Yeah. it just it just literally it would have just been to please her parents it would have been a nice brownie points like this is what you have to do fun like south asian girl vibes you do one nice thing and think that they want you to do, then you can get away with something else that you want to do. Like it's, you have to balance things. This is just like teenage one-on-one. Like, I know. Like how, how do you not lie? So when Pinky gets home, Jess is already home. Mm-hmm. 
And so Pinky does cover for her and she's like, oh, I had just missed her. Her boss said she had just left to <laughs> yeah. walk home. Pinky's a good sister. She yeah. is. Yeah. And then we get the boob measuring scene. <laughs> <laughs> the way we quote this scene, I, this is one of those things that like my friends and I always quote it for some reason. <laughs> and so like Pinky's like tighter, like cinch him up. And Jess is like a little looser. A little looser. <laughs> And the mom's reaction is like to Pinky is like, no, you can't have those on display, blah, blah, blah. And then when Jess asks for it to be a little looser, she's like, you don't want to be walking around in a a bag. Like, (laughs) so there are just different expectations, even for each daughter. Yeah, that's true. And it's funny because like now, because I do get measured, I understand because like you don't want to lose because then it looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, but then you remember it was like too tight. She's so like, then you look like too much. So it's just it is like a weird, funny thing. It's like, is it the measurement? Is it because of the daughters and how they grew up? It's like so many layers of nuances. Like, there's definitely a difference. Who knows what the mom was thinking? <laughs> yeah, she could have been thinking so many different things at this moment. Like, Jess will only get a husband if it's tight. Pinky yeah. already has a husband. She doesn't need to show this off anymore. Or yeah. One daughter's a little slutty. The other one's not slutty enough. <laughs> I love the also that that it that it shows the the dynamics of like Pinky's family, and so obviously there's so much diversity when it comes to India and and Pakistan and just the dynamics there. But then it's funny how those things travel in the immigration standpoint, that although these people are no longer in their towns, in the caste system of things, the hierarchy of things, that they're still bringing some of those aspects to their lives in England and Mm -hmm. how she's, the mom complains like that the family thinks that they're better and and it's just very prevalent in that communication and, and trying to show off. And and also the way of how all the planning really for the wedding is put on the, the female side of the family and how it's an event. It's not one day. It's yeah. multiple days of different things happening. And I've, I've said this in my one of my videos, but so I do love South Asian weddings, obviously, but I, I don't like the air around them. So that's why I say I don't like weddings, but it's because of the whole competition feeling. And mm-hmm. I think the movie starts off with like, you know how we were saying like, how dare they wear pink? And right. That's just how it is. It's like a competition feeling. Like I think they were wearing color contacts and now Pinky was like, I can't wear my color contacts. That it may not be the same type of like hierarchy elitist system that existed back in our own countries, but the competition definitely has roots. It's rooted in that for yeah. sure. That the sense of like, we make more money or we are going to show bigger display to show we have more money and that we're better because we didn't do this so it's very interesting how it shows up and a wedding is the perfect time to do it because that is when it comes out <laughs> and it's not and it's not it, that, that that's the funny thing that I I feel like it's so much in even just I mean so many different cultures have that same thing it's like you we watch crazy rich Asians you watch yeah. all these my big fat Greek wedding it's just like you you see it's embedded in almost every culture that and that happens. And both movies had weddings. It's yes, mm-hmm. all that it comes out in weddings. It's like it's a nice way that we all like bond. Like ah, oh, we're also like catty and little petty during weddings. <laughs> cool. It's because it's the most stressful yeah. time, and there's so many cultural things that come out in weddings. And I think family, the family yeah. all gets together, and that's when you know things just come out. I just want to drink when my family has weddings. Uh, <laughs> 
I've been like a, I've been in a bridesmaid or like a maid of honor for so many weddings and now I'm an elope. And I told my family, I'm like, I'm running away to get married. And we're almost like, okay, we're going to come with you. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Marta, like, good fucking luck. You are I know, not. It's not going to happen. You're not. I'm also an only child and I'm the only girls. Yeah. And the only girl and the only girl on both sides of my family that hasn't been married. So my parents have literally planned my elopement. They're like, we're going to invite this. <laughs> it's a 500 people elopement. I'm like, this is not. <laughs> what I was talking about I need to find a husband so I can give my grandma something to show off for one and yeah. two Jackie has not experienced a full Jamaican crazy I wedding haven't. oh gosh that's gonna be yeah you have to experience that for sure. yeah so this is the scene that we were talking about earlier Jess asks for shoe money to get shoes for the wedding and she also needs to buy boots or cleats. And so her and Jules have a lovely day of shopping. They go to a pub and she gets home. Mom's like, why you smell like an ashtray? Where have you been? And Pinky in typical sister rivalry snatches the shoe bag. Like, let me see what you bought. Pulls out these chunky like they look like nurses shoes. So ugly. So ugly. They're like loafers. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and she was supposed to get two pairs of nice shoes. She she mm-hmm. uses the other money for the cleats. Like we said, dumb enough not to take them out of the bag. And she's found out because Jules has po- promised to bar- let her borrow another pair of shoes. Because she, again, multiple days this wedding is going on. So she needs multiple shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like again like she again she got found out but she kept going she yeah still alive yeah I would if I was her parents I'd be like why do you why do you need boots like <laughs> they didn't have any follow-up questions like, yeah they're just like that's weird and her her dad like at one point it's like her mom who's really mad but at one point the dad is like he ends up putting his foot down because yeah she her his her mom puts up a down because he's like she's like you've been spoiling her no more and he gets his ass handed to him and roasted for that. And I like that change because like the mom is very much like looking at it from her perspective of like, I don't understand what my daughter is doing. She's playing soccer. This won't get her married. She needs to cook Indian dinner. Whereas the father, when he sees it, he's just like, it's literally trauma response. Like he's. Yeah. So I really love the change. Cause like, I like, it's very different. Like they have, it's not just the father, like, Oh, my wife is mad. It's like my father, her father's like, oh, this happened to me. This is about to happen to you. I'm trying to protect you. And it's very, it's, it's a twofold way of like dealing with something when it comes to the immigrant experience. And it was a very profound choice that they added, both of them. And Crazy. so the next day they're at practice and Jess is filling Jules in on what happened and stuff. And Joe's like, you're oh, talking God, too this much. This Go- character for him. Yep. <laughs> Joe's like, Go run that. Yeah. Like, we're we're not chatting. We're we're pr- at practice right now. Mm-hmm. So she kind of makes proves a point. And like even after the girls are like walking into the locker room and stuff, she's still running laps. And he's like, "You can stop now." She's like, "No, I have one more to do." But he notices that she's hurt her ankle and she's twisted it. Oh, you need to stop! Like this is how I hurt myself was trying to prove something to my dad. You don't have to prove anything to me. Mm-hmm. Stop. Let me look at it. And this is another scene where Jules is kind of noticing 
what's happening. Yes. <laughs> that boy is mine. <laughs> now yours, yours, but, but mine. mine. <laughs> It was very much a Brandy and Monica situation. Yeah. They should have played that song. Should have played yes. That song. That's a TikTok, Danielle. Just that song <laughs> with all of like Jules's side eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a TikTok for sure. And the next scene is Jess at Jules's house in her room. She sees that Jess or Jules has a picture of her and Joe. And it looks like it looks like they're like embracing, but really it's like Jules is like that was taken at like our last championship game or something. Yeah. So it's a very congratulatory like hug situation, but Jules kind of, I think, envisions it, like puts energy into it being something more than it is. The fact that she has a frame picture. That's what she's doing in her closet with the picture <laughs> at night. Just like rocking, a, like a Helga Pataki, like shrine to this. Like, yes. uh, no, it's it, when I was watching, I'm like, it's kind of weird that you have a framed picture of your coach. <laughs> yeah, our parents yeah. should have been paying for attention. That, that's, that's the other thing. Like, whenever they're like later in the game, they're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "How do you not know who that is?" Yeah, that's a framed picture of this. <laughs> and then Jules's mom comes in. And she has like all of these preconceived notions of like the types of food that Jess eats okay. and all of these like cultural things. And, and Jules kind of calls her out and is like, you're embarrassing yourself. Like, just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And, and like the mom means, well, it's just, she's just kind of ignorant. It's like when Danielle went and had linguine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was mad. I'm so upset about that. Yeah. I really love that. Like at that moment, I think I can't remember what exactly her mom said, but there's something about like gender roles and like mm-hmm. getting a wife and like a, getting a fella and like getting married soon. And then Jules is like, she's on the soccer or she's on the football team with me. And her mom's face is just like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like, oh, you didn't like, you defied stereotypes. Now Jess is heading home. She's at the bus stop. They're and- laughing at the mom and they're kind of like leaning into each other and holding on to one another because they're laughing yeah. so hard. And the auntie network is thick. Yeah. <laughs> so that auntie. Her head swiveled so hard as she passed the bus stop, looking at what Jess was doing with this boy, in quotes. When I originally saw the movie, I thought, I didn't think she thought it was a boy. I thought she thought they were lesbians. Mm -hmm. And I really also thought she was going to fall out the window of the car the way she was breaking her neck to see. Yeah, they love gossip. So by the time Jess gets home, she's waiting for the bus you go home by the time she gets home auntie's already like sitting down with tea (laughs) spilling it to mom and say and it happens is it teat's parents yeah that see it and so so they're like this is inappropriate she's making out on the corner with some white boy like this is not okay (laughs) like wedding is off and so now Pinky's hysterical. Parents are like, we don't know what's going on. I, 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 like, I remember when I was younger, I hated Pinky, but like 
watching it, I'm like, I'm, I'm there for Pinky. Like she just like, she was supportive until it hurt her and then she threw her under the bus. Yes. <laughs> As any other sister would. Yeah. I love how the uncles are just like, hey, I'm trying to look out, bro. And the mom's like, stop talking to him. (laughs) 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 Poor Jess is so confused. Mm -hmm. She walks into this chaos and it's like Pinky's hysterical, ratting her out, telling her parents that she's still playing football. The wedding's off. And Jess is just like, I went to a friend's house and I come home to this, like, and it's all my fault somehow. Like, what is going on? And I got shoes for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they did try to warn her in the beginning that this whole process of the wedding and stuff, that there were so many eyes on them and just like to be low key. And this it, is and- a cultural thing. Unfortunately, the culture is a little like, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of eyes on the and the families, especially in that moment for the bride and groom. So like everyone's involved and everyone's, bu- it's everyone's business. So yeah. yeah, I think this is a cultural thing coming out that like, she says, yeah, you're right. She was told. So Jess should have, this is the worst time for Jess to join a soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now the engagement's off. Jess has been outed that she does not in fact have a summer job. She is still playing soccer, even though. <laughs> The cleats she just bought weren't like a tip off earlier that maybe we're still playing. No background questions. Also, while at Jules's house, backing up a little bit, this is when Jess asks Jules if she likes Joe. And she says that Joe can't date players. And then Jess is kind of like, I hope I end up marrying an indie boy like an Indian boy like him too. And like the way Jules reacts, like she like guffaw laughs at that. And just Jess, Jess is just kind of like, was so funny. Yeah. J- Jules is a weird line too that like, I can't date him because it's like off limits, but I, fi- mm-hmm. I hope I find someone exactly like him. Exactly. Like, yes. Are you Adele? Like what? But then she, when Jess says literally almost the same thing, but says she wants an Indian version Jules gives her side eye yeah it's really it's it's very interesting that whole dynamic and I don't know if this dynamic necessarily fits this film per se but I have in the past been friends with white girls and there has been this weird thing that has happened and it happened when I was like especially when I was younger and like learning to like boys and stuff like that And there is almost like a set expectation that if a white guy was to approach a group of us or two of us, that the inclination would be to date or to talk to the white girl. So Mm -hmm. there would be moments if the white guy dared to talk to me, it was just like fucking culture shock. And this is a person who's supposed to be like your friend and they are having a visceral moment watching this situation that you can't even control happen and then then there's like a layer of like they try to be supportive by being like oh they're into this and like they're trying to be supported by saying like this is their thing and it's like or they could just be like interested in me without it being a whole thing yeah and so when I watched how Jules reacted to that there unfortunately is that layer that I think so many of us probably don't even realize exist and that so many people don't even realize that it's there it's that bias that racism that you don't even realize it's deep rooted inside and 
and kind of pegs the question, which I had as a child in one of my rewatches. That like, do you think? Do you wonder if Jules thought that yeah. Joe would never go for Jess? Like, yeah. there's no like. I, I wonder. I I couldn't help but feel like, oh, Jules probably thought like, there's no way. And like, I still felt that way now rewatching it. That she probably yeah. never expected it. And it's not. And it part of it's not really her fault. I mean, society as a whole has taught her that she is the beauty standard. So how can that be? And on the same regards, Jess probably also didn't assume that Joe would go for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Also been told that she is not the beauty standard. So like, we don't expect it to happen to us either. So she probably, I, I bet Jess was confused the whole time when Joe even kissed her. Yeah. So I'm not a- confused when it happens to me because I am that girl. But for her, I totally <laughs> yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, same. <laughs> <laughs> but as a child I got it as an adult I'm like get yours (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't think I've ever like really talked about that in mixed spaces before because I think growing up it was almost made to feel like I was being paranoid about it but you could feel it you could see the reaction of it Mm -hmm. and I think I didn't understand it at the time. And it's funny because I actually came home from an incident at school from one of those situations. And I was crying because like it caused me to have a falling out with a friend. And my aunt just randomly happened to be in town. And my mom and her had like this whole conversation with me about it. And I, it was just like a whole other layer of things. And I didn't fucking had to be like, I have to carry now that I didn't even think about. Yep. And I mean, going back to what we're talking about, like how important like media representation is, this whole idea of like, we don't expect to be the love interest. It's not a conversation that's normal. I don't think I've ever had that conversation with someone. So it's very understandable that it doesn't come up and make spaces, let alone in general, because there's never been a ground for it to stand on. And there's so many nuances, like we're talking about white and other people mm-hmm. of color, but then it happens within our own cultures with the colorism aspect of things. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's almost like a scale, right? Like mm-hmm. me being lighter skin is experiencing this sort of internal racism stuff happening. But then on the flip side, in my own community, I have to deal with bullshit of the fact that men within my community are making myself and my color a, a beauty standard and trying to pit me and a darker skinned girl against each other other and having to make sure that I recognize that this is happening so that I do not feed that system Mm -hmm. and hurt someone who is darker than me having to deal with this entire system that we didn't create, but I do have power in how I contribute to it. Mm-hmm. The first exposure as are as, as teenage girls. Like we don't even know. Like we're just fed it. And then we're like literally dealing with it, trying to figure it out now in pieces. Cause like I remember like a first time I can this is one of my solid memories that a brown boy, a black sunny boy to me said he's like, why do you care so much like if you're darker or not? And I'm a light skinned like I still had to be lighter skinned than my light skinned, which is just the fact of colorism. But I was just like, well, it's because we've been conditioned that men don't want dark girls. And I was like, yeah. what do you feel about that? And he's like, I don't want my babies to be dark. I was yeah. like 16. And it's like, it's one of those things that has stayed with me forever. And it's like, I didn't know how to navigate it then. <laughs> like, yeah, we were conditioned to believe and like, now trying to break that down and have those spaces to discuss it. It's just, it's a lot of society and the way we perpetuate it. It's just 
there has to be a way to break at some point but and, and it, it, sorry yeah. but in this movie the part that always stung for me when I look at movies when it's any people of color that are getting their moment for me as a black person I feel like it's still a win for us too you know, that's how 100%. I look at it when I watch this movie I I automatically feel like Jess is me and me is Jess, right? When she's in the moment in the locker room and they're talking about dating guys and Jess talks about how she has to date an Indian guy. Mm -hmm. And when she says black guy, no, like the way that in which she reacts. And there are so many friends that I have that are people of color and their family has taught them the same thing. So not only are we dealing with colorism within our own communities, we as black people in other communities of color are taught to be at the bottom of the totem pole, essentially. And that it's not like we're the worst of the worst that you could get. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I recognize that. And it's one of the things like we've, like I said, I think earlier, which was the whole, like the embarrassment of like knowing how our families are, but at the same time being persecuted at the same time, because like after that, she's like Muslim, forget about it. And like, as a Muslim Mm -hmm. person, right. So it's like, I know that I'm also persecuted, but I also know that we persecute black people at the same time. It's just like, we need to just be able to be open and discuss as a Muslim community, whenever we experience any racism, Islamophobia, we didn't think like, oh, we should lift up black voices at the same time. Like we should be able to, it's, I know there's like a lot of nuances and we all have all these fighting and battles and this is so tangential from the movie. Yeah, (laughs) It's just saying that like, we have to understand that one win is all of our wins because in a country and in this world and the system where we're all othered, they see us all as other. Yeah. Othering ourselves within these spaces doesn't help any of us. We have to understand that we're together and dealing with the hurt and pain that comes with it is only going to happen by me addressing it so like in that moment we should be like yeah that was really fucked up that they said that yeah <laughs> and shouldn't have said it and but at the same time it's fucked up that we grew up listening to it and I yeah. want to call out my family for also saying it it's like I want to call out the movie but I also want to call up my own teaching and my own community for saying this too and I want us to be better so it's like the movie was really honest at that point and it sucks that I was honest, but at the same time, it's like, this is how we grow and get better is by talking about it. It just sucks that we're so stuck in this idea of like, no, we're different though. But like, we were also hurt though. So we need to focus only on our hurt and our, like our differences rather than build the connections of like, Hey, maybe the community that is next to us that we don't think is like us also was hurt. And maybe if we build together and like see their wins as our wins, we could be better and like stronger together and heal and move mountains together. So that's like more my adult perspective, but it's frustrating because it's like, how do you even acknowledge a culture that doesn't even address their own colorism or their own pers- like own issues of like Islamophobia or Hindu phobia or like sick phobia and racism towards black communities or Latin communities or Asian communities. It's just, and I'm speaking from like a South Asian perspective, but it's a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do, but it's yeah, just absolutely media representation. I think is the best way to start it, unfortunately, because history is not going to do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I still think this movie is a win. It's just that one scene. It's the only time in the movie that really takes me out of the movie because it like, I think the first time I saw it, it just hurt. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just like, I understand the reality of it and it's Mm -hmm. annoying. But again, it's representation and I appreciate it. I respect it because it exists. Racism is not solved by saying you're not racist. Right. It's solved by saying, hey, I might be. 
what do I do to fix it? True. And I think within the scene, like she, I, I think it was probably done as a, like a catharsis, like, okay, I am admitting all of these things about my upbringing and what I've been told so that I can start to be better from it. And, and like, obviously at the end, she ends up dating Joe who is outside her faith and her race. So it, it's kind of, it feels like laying all the cards on the table. This is what I've always been told. And I'm afraid my family won't accept me if I don't do anything but this box that I'm placed in. But I mean, I'm already playing soccer, which they don't want me to do. So (laughs) if I can get them to accept that, maybe we can start making those changes and accepting. I also want to bring up like our parents, the parents that they're talking about, they're the boomer generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're still boomers. <laughs> like yeah. no matter what, like, the, the boomer generation, like we're millennials or Gen Z or like Gen X, like we have a responsibility to call our parents out for the stuff they taught us. For. Yes. Yeah. Maybe she was taught that, but like her addressing and realizing maybe my parents are wrong. <laughs> like they're low-key racist. Like maybe they're wrong about soccer too. <laughs> like, exactly. important for all millennials to all of us to be responsible, like addressing our own biases that we were raised on, even if it came from our parents, like, mm-hmm. because our parents don't know, our parents are human. They probably got it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, they got it real wrong. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Simone. And I'm Bria. And we're from Roll Call, a podcast where two friends gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from their early years through their blockbuster hits. Each season, Bria and I embark on an IMDb deep dive through the career of a different actor. Oh, but wait, does that mean you watch every movie? Yes. That means every movie. Our first season, we watched every Jennifer Lopez movie. And our second season, we'll focus on Will Smith. And we hope you join us on our journey through his career, highs, and lows. So follow us at Roll Call Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And on wherever you get your podcasts. The next scene is pinky is sneaking out with t2 are they at the airport yeah they're in his car and they're arguing because Thank she's you. like you oh, need yeah. to tell your freaking mother and there's like, this really sad song montage when this yeah. yes happening. i remember because i know the song <laughs> and so jess is not going back to practice she's missed about two practices mm-hmm. so far she's trying to be the good daughter because she could see that her sister's in pain i do love that fact that in this montage stuff you see them on the bed. You see her consoling her sister. So even mm-hmm. though her sister was mad at her, they're still, you could tell they're still okay in, in this scene. And then yes, Joe asks Jules, like, where the hell is your mate? As he says, and this is when he's like, okay, I'm going to go try to go over there because he didn't know that Jess was lying to her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, they've be- been invited to a game in Germany. Yes, because Jess had told him that her parents were okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Joe goes, tries to talk to the parents. He does tell them she has tremendous potential and he's pretty much shut down and said she, she needs to respect her elders and like whatever we says, say go. Yeah. Yeah. So she, her parents were like not there for it. And I think this is when the dad tells the story of him coming to this country and that he used to play, he used to be 
on the cricket team in his home country and how he's treated when he gets to the UK and the racism that he experiences. And you, as he's telling the story, you could just so feel the actor, so much pain is pouring out as he's telling the story. Mm -hmm. And like, when you hear the story, you're like, this is, to me, when I was younger, I was like, this is stupid. Like it's cricket. (laughs) But now that I'm older and I understand like those wounds are deep for him, something that he loved and he could no longer do it because he has his turban and just so many different levels of racism and well and and for something that was probably a super safe space for him something that he excelled at he loved to all of a sudden be turned against him and is like you can't play here cricket is like the game in fox on india right like it's our it's you're right it's the safe space it's the home my dad was also a cricket captain like i was forced to learn how to play cricket (laughs) (laughs) So like probably for him to be like, I'm at home here. This is probably the one thing he could identify with in England and to be othered there. I was really surprised that they chose to do that there in that movie. Because I'm just like, it's a really powerful moment. And it was a tone shift. It wasn't. So I was very surprised, but I'm really happy that they did because I know that the racism that exists in England when it comes to South Asians was earlier than America because 9-11 kind of catapulted that. But in England, it was very much prevalent and we had heard those stories so they made a choice and i'm very proud of them but it also just shows that the father is so hung up on what he went through it almost alienates you right like whenever mm-hmm. you let your trauma alienate you to the point that you don't even re- recognize it with other people or even if it starts to exist in a space that you could recognize it, you just go back to the fact that what happened to you with his daughter know, it's, it's, it's a very deep moment we could dissect it for days <laughs> yeah but, yeah it, i'm happy that they chose to add that in the story And so Jess does get perspective of kind of why dad keeps saying, no, you, you can't do this, but they are playing in Germany this Saturday. And and Jess is like, how does she go to Germany (laughs) without the family realizing? (laughs) Germany is not, I mean, it's not close. You got to take a plane. It's it's international. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you could take a train. They did take a plane though. Yeah. You have to have a passport. Hopefully she did. Like it was. It's an overnight trip. Yeah. Do you, do you need passports in Europe or can you, you do. travel from? You do. Oh, you do. If you from, if, okay. I think yeah, you so you have to have it on you. I know when we were traveling on the train and went like from one country to another, I think there was only like one country that actually like went through the car and checked everyone's passport and stamped it. Most of the time, it's kind of like an understanding that if you're on a train traveling, you should have documentation mm-hmm. on you. Because I was just thinking so many people in Europe are going from one country to the next. Mm-hmm. I just, it's like us in the States, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Her getting um, away still ridiculous it's it, even if it was like within England the fact that she had an overnight trip and they had no like backup plan her mom didn't call I'm just so over I cannot believe she got away with that yeah <laughs> so the plan is her and her sister cover for one another and they're going to sleep at their cousin's house the auntie <laughs> network again is going to get back to mom yeah well yeah, the rules Pinky tells her sister is that she has to call twice a day to make sure that all is good. And the only reason that she gets caught is because Jess's dad reads the newspaper and there's a 
freaking picture of Jess and the entire team talking about going to Germany. Yeah. And that's when he tells, because Jess has just called the mom and says everything is good. And this is like the only time in the movie where you see him really get firm with his wife. He's like, call her back right now. Yeah. And that's when she gets caught. But we don't really see anything else happening with that till the next day because now Jess and the team they go and play their game Jess misses a penalty kick and the team again is still very happy and nice to her like they don't give her a hard time about it she's hard on herself Mm -hmm. and they decide to go out of course Jess has no freaking night clothes but again the team rallies and get her some hotness Jules and ain't got no shirt on. <laughs> She's wearing a bandana, a spangled bandana as a shirt. It's the most 2000s outfit though. The it is. The most 2000s outfit I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> and Kara Knightley was so young in this movie. So I did a TikTok a while ago talking about the age gaps in some of these movies. And she literally did this movie Pirates of the Caribbean and Love Actually right back to back. And I think she was like 15, 16, and 17 in those movies. Wow. I didn't realize she was that young. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew this was her first movie, I think. It's the first movie where she is like playing the major sporting role. Yeah. What's his name? Jonathan Reitz. Jonathan Reitz. He is not young either. Like he's like in his mid 20s in this movie and the two of them are pretty young. Yeah, I don't. Know. No, 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 no. Perminder is ten years older than Kira Knightley. Oh, really? oh, okay. Well, then, then I feel much better. But yeah, Kira, yeah. Kira Knightley, young in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. Perminder's older than Jonathan Rhys Myers. She oh. was born in seventy five. He was in seventy seven. Good, Good for them. Good for Black them. and brown don't crack, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so even though the ages in the movie were kind of eh, sus. Um, I was like, I realized in this movie that they're teenagers. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 as an adult, I keep realizing, I'm like, oh my god, they're so young. Like more and more as an adult. So and also because it throws you off, they go to the they go to the club, they go to the pub, but you know, England, they don't got the rules. They, but, but the coach does. <laughs> like I just, he don't care. So they're at the club. Jess is actually kind of letting loose. It seems like she's probably drinking for the first time like that's the feel you get is like she's she's actually having fun but she does get overwhelmed and so she steps outside overwhelmed that bitch can't hold her liquor she She almost passed out (laughs) so and then also (laughs) and also in this they're all sitting at a booth and Jules is like, come dance with me, Joe. Come dance. There's drags him out yeah. on the dance floor. So, so bad. And then <laughs> Jess is kind of dancing with the other soccer players, and he goes over and pulls her in. Moment of my own heart. I was just like, I love this. I love when the guy grabs the girl and's like, dance with me too. When they were this dance whole floor. scene was cringe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was on my couch like oh, when they're shit. dancing together, the threesome. Oh my god, it's cool. And he has it no was, rhythm. He has the, no rhythm, of course. It was very dancing. night at the Roxbury. I am dancing. <laughs> I am dancing to the music. I know that they don't actually play the music, so it doesn't always. But like yeah. Beyonce, always beyond beat. Jess was on beat to whatever the hell was playing. <laughs> It's mostly his movement. It's his movement that is distracting. Kira is like, doing, she's doing the most white girl, white girl <laughs> in this scene. Right? It's, it's always the white boy for me. I'm always just like looking at the white boy. I'm like, is the white boy dancing or not? No. And, yeah. and she, like, Kira Knightley is just 
hips side to side and shaking their hair and like flailing, that, flailing those and long hair. arms yeah. Yeah. up and down and we haven't talked about the hair up until now <laughs> what was that haircut <laughs> no but because that is the haircut that made the whole auntie network freak out yes <laughs> that haircut that did it all so yeah it was a choice it felt very 2000s it felt very i play on a soccer team vibes i'm just gonna say yeah. it no it, it worked for her role but it was it was not a look <laughs> no 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 it was definitely not just goes outside because she can't handle her liquor she drives <laughs> <laughs> and joe follows her out and so she starts thanking him for coming to the house and talking to her parents and then she leans in to kiss him and before the kiss even happens here comes jules Homewrecker, you bitch. So aggressive. <laughs> you couldn't, you would not be standing calling me no fucking bitch. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, it was like, I don't know, it was very aggressive. It was very, very aggressive. And then <laughs> I had like, questions because I had a feeling them two were sharing a room. Like, mm. oh, yeah, because they don't, they like just pan out, right? Like, they yeah. just don't even show them. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because the next scene is, her getting back and her parents are like we know what you did yeah <laughs> know what you did yeah. last summer in germany you drunk bitch get in the car <laughs> this is a newspaper of all things cover your tracks like, <laughs> what was she supposed to go to the newspaper places like no don't hide yourself no you hide yourself if there's camera, you go like this <laughs> it's like Teenage one one or brown girl one one. She wasn't in that picture. The dad knows the team. It was nothing she could have done. I, I will say that when dads know, they know. That's the same thing. When you can like kind of get with moms, like moms have like whole like fine, I'll let you go. But whenever a dad wants to know something, they are just like on top of it. Yeah, so, my dad. I, thing. He rarely did it, but when he would, you find me, me taking dryer sheets to my hair because I think yeah. I smell like weed because he come and picked me up in Brooklyn and I didn't know he was coming and I'm scared and paranoid. Yes. No, because they, they don't do it often. So they don't. You're like, what is going on? Like, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I still get like anxiety. Like I get hardcore anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, my dad's checking things. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> so I get it. And I really and- love to change the fact that like now the father is involved. And it kind of added this tension to the movie. Yes. The father is involved. Because that was a whole, like, yeah, before it, itself. before it was just the mom. And mm-hmm. now she in real trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jess tells Pinky everything and tells her how, like, she has this connection with the coach and they almost kissed and everything. And Jess is like, he is white. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think they'll ever speak to me again? And so then... Pinky's trying to come up with solutions. She's like, what about Tony? He's a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. How does no one realize that? Like, I usually in these movies, the, the younger characters know and the parents don't know, but it's just surprising that like even the sister doesn't realize. Yeah. Like I think it's just they they're brought up to just like you're finding a husband, and so you just believe that everyone in your circle is. A potential husband for you yeah jess and jules have a scene together i think when jules is like throwing things out when her mom overhears jewel and jess and she assumes it's like a lover's quarrel basically uh, yeah. yeah she does go over there to try yeah. to talk to her and she's she calls her out she's like you said yeah. you didn't like him mm-hmm. and um, she says something like you should have known <laughs> yeah. girl bye <laughs> 
<laughs> like, even though I said the opposite of what I actually feel, you should have still known exactly what I was feeling. And see, for Jess, now I'm just concerned about Jess. Later on, they go to school together. And I'm like, Jess, now you stuck with this bitch because she's already shown you who she is. Yes. yes. You're right. Do they, shown... they live together? Like, probably. Yeah, I know she apologizes or whatever. They get over it. But like, she yeah. has shown you who she is. And I believe that that's yeah. a warning right there. Yeah, no, that's definitely because <laughs> this is how we've been trained to see girls. So, yeah. yeah. I also like, at least like for me, the way the mother handles the whole potential of her daughter being gay or a lesbian was very interesting, in the, especially with the juxtaposition to how Tony comes out. And it's very much like one is very polarized and definitely has some sort of like phobia, whereas the other one, Tony, is just like existing and is very healthy. And it was very interesting. I'm happy that they showed both because it's like, at least they were progressive in that sense. But her mom was definitely feeling some type of way. Oh, gosh. Daughter being a lesbian. <laughs> you know, like, she was like borderline paranoid, like looking for every little clue. And blaming, blaming the soccer, acting as if it was like a choice. Like it just, it gave a lot of, it gave a lot of notions of like unhealthy thoughts, basically. Yeah. And this is the scene where Jess goes to talk to Tony because she's talked to Joe at this point and they have a chat about like, Joe's like, but what about you? What do you want? You need to go after your dreams type thing. And then like, she kind of ends it with, have you talked to your dad in a while? She's just like, yeah. well, if it, you're going to be giving me all this advice, well, maybe you should talk to your dad. And so then she goes to talk to Jules because it does resonate with her that she needs to make this right. Mm-hmm. And then that whole scene with the mom thinking that they're having a lover spat. Mm-hmm. And so then she goes to talk to Tony. Cause I think at this point, she's just like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I was off the team. I'm not off the team. Like maybe he's coaching the boys team next year. So like, he's not going to be my coach anymore. And then Jules is still mad at me. So she talks to Tony. This is when Tony comes out to her, but he also says, you can't plan who you fall for. I love that line. Yes. Cause, she, Cause she's like, basically like trying to say like, what should I do? I also like my coach. She was white. <laughs> And then he's like, well, you can't play for you fall for. And it's like, <laughs> perfect segue. It's yes. Just, it's, it's so well done because like, as someone who's always just been like, well, like love is love. And it's like, if you can expect, like, I just, it's all of it is always like any type of like acceptance when it comes to people or like interracial marriages or like LGBTQ plus marriages, anything. It's just love is love. Like if you can accept one, you should accept all. So it's, mm-hmm. that's my thought process at least. And I really love that segue of like them being like, oh, you can't, Tony being like, you can't help who you love, probably thinking about himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it. And then they talk about David Beckham. He's just like, no, I really like David Beckham. And then her being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was a really, tra- it was a seamless transition. Yeah. And definitely something that like, again, this movie came out like what, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. so still quote could, or could hear now. So again, a very progressive moment for the movie. And she's like, well, Pinky always thought you were mad about me. He's like, I am mad about you. I just don't want to marry you. So it's like, I'm your ride or die, but like, this isn't going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, my D doesn't want to go in your V. Yeah. Not interested. I love you, but not like that. Yeah. 
it's such a healthy friendship. Like I don't, it is. (laughs) And so she, she's going to give it a try again. So still wearing a bathrobe where it's very obvious. Like you have like layers on underneath and that in this scene, in her parents are going, are they going? She pretends to be sick and they're going right. to like, they're, I don't know if they're going to religious service or something. They're going somewhere. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think it is a service of some kind. They're okay. going somewhere. And then the dad yeah. comes back and realizes right. that Jess isn't there because Jess yeah. has now gone to go play the football yes. match or whatever. Again. Yeah. And the dad- well, well, as soon as they leave, like they have, she has barely closed the door. (laughs) She picks up her boots that are sitting right next to the front door. I'm like, how did they not know? (laughs) And she leaves, she bounces. And she does this earlier when she's sneaking out. She takes off her jacket that's hiding her like warm up outfit right outside of the door. Bitch, get down the street first. What are you doing? It's very novice behavior. Her, her sister did not teach her well enough. No, I, I just don't think she was paying attention. I'm gonna be. I think Pinky <laughs> no. was laying like Pinky. Yeah, you're right. Write a map for this girl, and she <laughs> still was not getting it. Pinky had a secret boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> girls but with secret it, boyfriends know what they're doing. So but like, her mom called her out on that shit yeah. later because she's oh, like, I, "I have yeah. known about this, but now I, that you're getting married, I'm fine. I'm fine with it." I and love I that part. I love that part because my mom is very similar. They're like. She's like, I knew I was just being cool. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a mom move that like, I knew you had a boyfriend, right. but you got married. So I'm okay with it now. <laughs> the ends justify me. Yeah. We see Jess is at the game. She's playing her friends, like the friends that she plays soccer with in the park are there. Tony is oh, there. So derogatory. That conversation. Such assholes. Yeah. And then, yeah, they have a conversation about boobs that the lake is just terrible. Ugh. And then dad shows up. But Tony, one line, Tony's like, why can't you just look at them like soccer players? And then they brush him off and still be fun. Uh, but I like that Tony stood up for that. Tony is like, people each, Tony's the textbook. Like, we need a fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, He's the blueprint. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's no, blueprint. Yeah. blueprint that's the better word it's just we don't even get characters like that now like we no. need more tony's for sure and tony needed his own storyline i real. know yeah. i wanted to see that story with him and the guy yeah didn't happen yeah and so it's during this game like a another player checks jess and calls her a derogatory slur so jess gets pissed and like pushes her back and Jess is the one that gets red carded in that situation so the derogatory word that's used is is that what they would call all Indian people or is it a derogatory word for Pakistan Pakistan? it's both and but like it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about being like other within the other yeah like hockey people could call that as a derogatory term but then when Indians get called Pocky, they get really upset because like, we're not Pocky. And it's like, so they get another layer of upset because they're like, we're not that type of other. So it's like, it, it, it that's, make it make sense. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> but, and, and, and we were literally the same. 
Yes, that's what I don't <laughs> don't get me started about that. <laughs> but like, hearing an Indian person being like, they call me Pocky, and I was like, what is that supposed to mean? I was just very much like, it, 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 yeah, it's a very, it's a movie tackles a lot of things and doesn't even talk about it later. And it's just like, there's so much more to say. <laughs> but like, it, like, it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And it's the same thing for me because I'm like, I'm sorry, something like, you're just as brown as me. What is happening right now? There should so this is the thing. They let things exist, which is I'm very happy of it about. But like, it, it's kind of just like me saying something on TikTok. <laughs> like I can't just be like I can't date Bruno. Then people will be like, what? Like I need to explain this more. So like the movie said the things they did for the time it's being, and I, I this is why I appreciate the movie. But like there needs to be more discourse with it. Like the same context of like being called Pocky that Indians would be upset about. Well, what about a Pocky person? Or the comment about like if I can date a Muslim, I would be killed because that unfortunately is a thing. But then also like you're saying you can't date a black person. It's just there's so many things that they just threw out there. And I know they're doing it for representation, but at the same time, it's like context. <laughs> Say more, <laughs> please. Yeah. But I think in a movie, it's hard to do that, right? Like, right, yeah. and I think that's why we have so many different mediums and why shows like Miss Marvel or Never Have I Ever as yes. as crazy as, as the character is, <laughs> as Davy is. Yeah. We, we're still getting layers of what it's like to be a first generation and wanting to assimilate because you don't want to be othered and wanting to be a to, to have a part of your culture, but not it's those, those worlds colliding, like still wanting to do the American things and not by be completely identified by your culture at, and, at the same time. And going off what you said earlier, like this is why I say it's like TikTok or like having these podcasts are nice because it's like, we can address them at least. We yeah. can talk about them at least and be like, Hey, that was, can we talk about that? that one line more and like get into it in the way that they couldn't so like but yeah there's there's needs to be a lot of seminars and things to discuss and the part in this when she does get called this racial slur and her coach I'm really proud of her because when her coach comes after the game he rails into her because now he feels the pressure that he can't give her special treatment one and two he just thinks job (laughs) right and two it it, I think it plays into like girls uh, could be like extra sensitive about stuff like you just need to brush it off and him not really understanding what was said I'm glad he did believe her though yeah that that it happened and I so I like this position because I think he's Irish yes something and I know that there's a big history with Ireland and England yes that we and so this is something that I was aware of growing up as a first generation child but my parents are, they're a little behind on history because they grew up in Pakistan. So whenever we, like we, whenever they learn things, they're like, I didn't know this happened in England and Ireland. Like it's very similar to India and Pakistan. And I was like, oh, it's in listening to it from their perspective. I like kind of like that they made Joe kind of relate to her in this moment. Cause it's like, my parents felt that connection when they heard about these types of moments in history. Same with other moments in history where people were affected with colonizations or like oppression. So it's like, it's nice that, because as a child, it's just like, is that like, is that appropriate? But hearing it from my parents' perspective, I was like, I'm glad that the director chose to be like, Joe understood because he probably does face it as well, being Irish in England. Which is is funny because it wasn't, I don't think it was her initial intent. They only made him Irish because he added he that added one that line. line. Yeah. Okay. 
Is he yeah. originally Irish? I thought maybe that's why, or no? Am I making stuff up about? That? I think yeah. when he, was, I don't know if I don't know if he added this line when he. I think when he was auditioning, I don't think it was like randomly in the movie that they changed this course. I think when he was auditioning for the movie, he added that line. And that's really interesting. Well, played well with that. Part. Go ahead, Jen. And and he is in fact Irish. Jonathan Rhys Myers, the actor, could relate to. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I feel like he just wanted to let his accent fly. Yes. <laughs> Not mad at he it. Did. He did. I'm <laughs> okay with him. That's why I was like, he is Irish because he just wanted to have that accent. Yeah. When I originally watched this movie, I just thought he was so cute. And when I rewatched it, I was like, well, no, I'm I, not feeling it anymore. I don't like the actor, but I really like this role. So it was really weird for me because I know he's kind of has a sordid past. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Is yeah. it? Is he a dick? Yeah, he's a dick. No. <laughs> they all are, right? Like, well, that makes sense because he was initially embarrassed by the film. He was opposed to being in it, calling it a girly movie. He even tried to hide that he was cast for as long as he could. And he said, I thought it was going to be terrible. For months and months, I refused to tell anybody that I'd been in a film called Bend It Like Beckham. Even in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to do this. But I spoke to my brother and he said, do the film. Everybody's going to love it. So yeah, if he's, he's an ass, <laughs> he's his, <a> dick. <laughs> his brother's not a dick, apparently. Well, good for him. But <laughs> <laughs> This is why like, I hate his role. Because I'm just like, oh, you're so great in this role. But I hate you. <laughs> yeah. The dad watches her play and sees that she's actually a good soccer player. Yeah. Yes. And then he also sees the interaction with the coach and that the coach is kind of consoling her about and relating to her being called the slur. And so the next scene is as I think Pinky puts it, Teet's mom and dad came by and ate dirt. No, she's like, yeah, she's like, <laughs> what did she call her? Oh man, that cow heifer, some animal she calls her. <laughs> and she's, she said, she can't eat dirt. She just, the, oh, she was eating up every single she was. That cow. I think she says that cow. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> and then, so the next day, Wedding's back on. We need to book the venue. The venue only has the 25th open. And now dad knows that the playoffs are on the 25th. And Jess kind of is like, oh, that's the day, dad. And so he asks if there are any other days. And they're booked for like months. And so Pinky's like, please don't let me have to wait to be married. I need to do it in three weeks or whatever the time frame is. And so they booked the 25th and Jess has kind of just resigned herself to the fact that like she needs to be a good sister. This is Pinky's day and she just can't make the playoffs when the scouts are going to be there. And that's just that. At this point, Jules goes to see Joe. Jules is pissed. She thinks that Joe just keeps blowing him off and like blowing smoke that these scouts are coming. He's like, no, they're going to be here on the playoffs. And then she like yells at him some more. 
about how he's just going to abandon them to go coach coach the the men's team team and all of that. And so she just, she's very full of rage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because she believed that Joe was meant for her. Yeah. Which her, she's but her. And I love how he just doesn't give a shit. And he's just like, (laughs) by the way, can you go talk to Jess and find out, like, very if she's man. okay? It's a very man thing to do. Yeah, and so Jules takes her ass over there, and she's not rude or whatever, but she's telling her about the coach, and Jules is just finally gives her a little fire, and is just like, you're only here because you need me to Jess make you does. look better. Yeah, Jess, yeah. sorry. Jess says that to Jules. Yeah. And Jules is like, fuck you. <laughs> Which... A hundred percent valid. The only reason Jules is like as good as she is because she has Jess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think both of them feed each other. Like it's, I think they both take each other up to the next level. They play well together. And the team sport, like they want to look like they're winning, right? So like they're going to shine if they are winning. So they need each other for this moment. Yeah. Team sports. But at this moment, Jess again that insecurity of not for her to her not thinking that she's good enough she thinks that Jules is only coming about her she only thinks the scout is interested in In Jules Jules. yeah Yeah. not her so Mm -hmm. that's why she's saying this with such like spitefulness in her delivery especially with like with the pressure with her mom and her sister and everything Mm -hmm. happening time she's probably just like really (laughs) you right now they don't need this on top of everything else I'm dealing with yeah she's over it Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I think they're doing wedding preparation and it's really cool to just like see this whole process of getting everything ready for the wedding and it's it's not even getting ready they're having one of the many ceremonies for the Mm -hmm. wedding and what were you gonna say the music is so good at this moment too. it is (laughs) Oh, good. I love the music choices in this, not only with the 90s popular music with Western, but like also like the Basie music that they chose, the South Asian music. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. So it's just like, because I remember this was like the somber moment because she's not playing soccer. She's like begrudgingly helping her sister get married. It's very dramatic. It's very cute though. <laughs> and it's just, it's very good song choices. I love the details of this movie too. And is this the time when Joe comes to the house again? This dude is like, yeah, he comes again, right? Yeah, he comes to talk to the dad and not be disrespectful. And Mm -hmm. well, it is kind of a montage, and it's the different celebrations that are happening. She takes down all of her David Beckham posters, and then she's helping with the cooking prep, sitting with all the aunties and stuff and then joe comes to the house but he's like such a creeper and he's just like <laughs> looking yeah. in the window because yeah. it's during an event right like they're having yes. a ceremony and he's just like peeking also there's another guy who's like checking out jess the whole time she, yes. there is yeah mm-hmm. and i was just like oh no <laughs> like this is also happening but dad sees him in the like peeking yeah. in the window dad goes out and he's like what do you want why are you here <laughs> So Joe does tell dad about the scout opportunity and it is the opportunity of a lifetime and please don't let her talent go to waste, essentially. Mm-hmm. Sees that dad is talking to Joe and goes out and talks to him. And she's just like, I got good grades. I'm starting university soon. And then he's like, that's awesome. I hope to see you playing for England someday. So yeah. he kind of is just like, 
not going to force the issue, but still trying to be as encouraging as possible. I just want to say, Gorinda, why did you name three of your main characters with a J? I am so (laughs) proud of myself for only messing up a few times during this episode. (laughs) Jules, Joe, Jess. Yeah. Give me a break. And and, and Jules has two names. Yes. (laughs) Why they do this? Jess does too. Jess has yes, two just days. went there. Yes. <laughs> all right. I just had to put that yeah. out there because I, Joe I just really... does too. They all have two names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and Joe also says, I don't want to give up on you. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like looks inside. He's like, are you, are you promised to one of those men? Yeah. Did you, that was a moment. I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's like actual intentions are shining through now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at this point you kind of, you feel like he's into her, but he's never really Declared made a move. Yeah. Like she was, <laughs> yeah, she was the one who leaned in to kiss him and things like that. So this was kind of like, he leaned back. He leaned yeah. Back. <laughs> it's true. It was there. He did the hitch move. Yes. Oh, and yeah. then, <laughs> yeah, he, he, she went 90, he came 10. Yeah. <laughs> And so he does leave her with like, you're lucky you have a family who cares so much yeah. because he's estranged from his family. So now it's game day slash wedding day. Jules's parents are heading to the game. Why is Jules's mom dressed for the Kentucky Derby? She's dressed for Wimbledon. That's what she's dressed for. Except at Wimbledon, you're not supposed to wear a hat. So yeah. Kentucky Derby. She's yeah. a fascinator, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, dressed to the nines for the queen. Like, she looked like she could go to a black church. <laughs> <laughs> and so there is, like, a wedding slash suiting up montage of the two different events. The game is going on. Joe's mad because they're not performing up to, like, their full potential because they're missing a critical por- part of their team. Yeah. Um, I, have to, I have to call out that the wedding sure. ceremony, whenever the, the way the bride is walking, the way the girls are looking at her, I just love that moment so much. It's beautiful. <laughs> it, it's not only just beautiful, like the layers of nuances where the girls are like stink eyeing her and being like, wearing, <laughs> and the sister Pinky is like smiling, and he says, like, You're not supposed to be smiling, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> smile. This was like a cultural staple for a really long time, especially at that time. Only girls could smile now. It, it, it's been a new like age of like, hey, brides can be happy. But like my mom's wedding picture, she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like showing people my mom's wedding pictures. They're like, why isn't she smiling? I'm like, she's not smiling. What? <laughs> <laughs> so when the movie brought that up, I'm just like, wow, that's a great like joke that like we have that I didn't even realize. So, and they they have this guy thinks he's like martin scorsese with this wedding video like he's getting all the angles he's directing it's one of the giant camcorders that scene at the end of the movie when they are drumping his ass because he caught people doing some shit they should have been doing i was dying laughing i've seen this movie a million times but it never made me laugh as much as i did this time around it's so much fun to watch as an adult. It's yeah. so much fun to watch as movie as an adult. During the reception, Tony drags Jess into the kitchen. Is like, hey, yeah. you just need to go. Like, I'll cover for you. There's plenty of people here. Everyone's watching Pinky anyway. She's happy. Like, just 
And he's like, I'll yeah. drive you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's they don't do make this. They, they don't make him look they don't make them like Tony. Like, they Tony so. great friend. He was. Teacher. They don't yeah. make him like Tony. You have yeah. merch. You have <laughs> they don't make him like Tony. And dad overhears and he's like, if this makes you smile and I can get you smiling on your sister's wedding day, then go and, and find your happiness and come back. Mm-hmm. So dad's now in on it too. So Jess goes, gets in the game. She grabs Jules's hand because like, that's what they do is like when they're anticipating like a play or whatever, everyone like grabs hands. So she like grabs Jules's hand and mom's clutching her pearls. <laughs> it's because it's, there's a penalty kick. And so they yeah. do that yeah. as a way to get ready to see if it's going to be a goal or if they're able to like, that's as far as I got with, with, with football, y'all. No, <laughs> I did good though. No, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of things with soccer that uh, football, sorry, that they just do right. It's yeah. Like of it. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> they just do it. And mom just, apparently mom does not know what's so- like football. But is. you know what? I'm kind of mad at her for that. Cause her daughter's yeah. been doing this almost her whole life and she has yet to, she still hasn't gotten on board. Her yeah. father built like a whole construction, like whole like little obstacle course for her. Yeah. <laughs> like a mom can't go to a game. Like it's very telling. Yeah. And so they start winning, obviously. Jess's mom kind of notices that Jess isn't at the reception. She's kind of like side eye and like I haven't seen her in a while. That that's what my question is, because as I'm not a younger child, but like in those situations, usually like if my grandma is running something and I'm her lackey, essentially in her mind, even if the day is not about me, she needs to know where my ass is so she can mm-hmm. tell me to go do stuff. So I don't know who they thought they were fooling that nobody was going to notice Jess was like, gone. And on a wedding day, and it's your sister's wedding. Like you yeah. are the number one person that's the lackey. Like, yeah. what do you mean you're not there? Like, it's, <laughs> it's right. So, yeah. It might even be that gender roles where they're so used to not being needed in those situations that they're like yeah no one's Nobody's gonna notice gonna that notice you're you. gonna you're gone but they're not girls and yeah somebody is noticing where yeah. is Jess yeah I think this is one of those moments that Jess didn't think about because it's yeah. like as as the cousin I'm not even the sister I was the cousin they're like where were you like I was ch- fixing my contact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, go over there. So it's definitely Jess is like just got lucky. She didn't think about it, but yeah, yeah, a plot hole for sure. Yes, yeah. It's towards the end of the game. Jess has a penalty kick, very similar to in Berlin, but she makes it in this time. They win the game. The scout is there, scouting, and doing the business. Scouting, the scout is doing, doing scouting shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I love in the scene where she imagines her sister and her mom and her grandmothers like standing next to the goal. Yeah, it was so good. But they win the game. Then she's like, well, now I have to get back to this wedding. So this is the scene where the team's helping her with the sari. I love this role for so many moments because it's like obviously whenever the players stand in front of them is to like intimidate the player to like. Mm -hmm. So it just shows like, 
Jess's real intimidation is her family. Yes. <laughs> They're the real people that are really standing in her way to what she wants. And then the soccer team, even though they probably didn't know her and they probably were like, oh, you're different. You don't have soccer cleats or your family's weird. Then they're like trying to help her to get it together. Yeah. It just like, shows like the importance of like branching out, connecting and seeing like, I don't know, just it's good. It shows that like staying within your own community is important. But at the same time, like just because you branch out doesn't mean going to understand you and want to learn about you. Yeah. That scene with the sari feels like a miscongeniality. Like when yeah. Victor leaves and all the other beauty pageants like rally great. around Gracie yeah. because she doesn't know what he, she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> It's women helping women. It's, yes. You love to see it. Yeah. So she finds out that she gets a full scholarship to Santa Clara in California and she'll be able to play pro. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I, I, Jules's mom. mom is spiraling. <laughs> I remember her mom right now. <laughs> and she's like, you're a lesbian, blah, blah, blah. I saw you. You had a fight well that happens so Jess invited Jules to go to the wedding and so when the mom sees her like in her best slacks I guess that girl did not look cute you don't gotta I know polo shirt on it was it wasn't it was a white polo it It was a white polo shirt for an Indian wedding it It was bad first of all the best part of being able to go to an Indian wedding is to be able to dress in oh. beautiful Indian garbs without it being appropriation because you can't do it any other time. And wear color, just wear any sort of bright color. <laughs> just go ahead. You were white and black. Like so tragic. I think oh. when I was younger, I didn't understand it. And she just you like you said she was not giving. I just like her mom was just you're right when she says filing. Like as soon as they got the scholarship and she saw them hug, freaking out. And then whenever she was talking about her and just living together, freaking out. So like the boiling point to the wedding when she just literally kind of ruins the wedding. <laughs> Yeah, like her just getting in her own head. Like they were hugging, they were just yeah. Their future, and she was just in her own thoughts. And, and it like, was just so. It. I know she's spiraling, but it was so rude of her. Yes, to go was- and like expose Jess in front of her entire family. Yeah, and ruin this very important ceremony of a wedding because you don't want your daughter to be a lesbian. And Pinky called her out really well. Yeah. And they were exactly so. Pinky was just like, really, lady? <laughs> like, really? It's my wedding. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I do love how one of the aunties is like, <laughs> Lebanese? <laughs> I thought she was a Pisces. <laughs> like, <laughs> astrology, so good. <laughs> that actress is also a legend in the Bollywood. Community. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And I love how stuck she was on like, and why did she make Jess take her shoes off? <laughs> but when you think about it, it was weird. It was. <laughs> but I also love that nobody took it seriously because it's like we talk about like the cultural norms on how all the the British people thought maybe like just thought maybe people thought her culture and stuff was weird but her culture was looking at this white lady like she crazy what is she doing and even the aunties later they're just like it's the damn haircut (laughs) yes (laughs) that's the confusion (laughs) they're like we're trying to make sense of it like oh it happened to us that's what they're doing too (laughs) 
So we get back at the house after the reception. Tony is trying his best to make it right. And so she's like, and Jess is like, I just don't know how this is going to work. Me going away. They're not going to let me leave. And so Tony has this whole grand plan that he does not clear with Jess. He proposes. Yes. (laughs) They really don't make him like Tony. (laughs) Tony's just like, we will be married, but she can go anywhere in the world for college. (laughs) This guy. Her mom was like, you got it, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You son of a bitch, I'm in. And Jess is like, no, 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 we're not doing this. I got this scholarship. It's in California. I really want to go. It's really good for me. Played in the finals. Yeah. That part where she's like, and dad let me. The mom was like, I'm going to beat your ass. I just want to point out that was probably the best plan was Tony's plan. Like that, yes. it could have gone away with it. This whole yes. thing, manufacturing plans was terrible. <laughs> so like Tony comes involved and it's like, yep, they, she would have gone away with it. So for her to yes. be like, no, <laughs> I will actually come clean. I was like, you would have gone away with Tony's plan, but okay. But I do like that when Jess is talking about that, she doesn't want to lie anymore. And she, she does reference that she that her being able to play soccer is probably a blessing. Yeah, She's been blessed with this skill. And like, how can your parents fight with that? That you're like, God said that you got this. (laughs) Like, how are you going to fight with that? Yeah. And dad also points out that he didn't have the heart to tell her no. And he realized that the only one who suffered in the whole, like him stopping playing cricket, the only one who suffered was him. Like he wasn't punishing anyone else by not playing for that, for a cricket team. Yeah. So that's, that's something our parents need to learn. Cause like, I know I've had my own relationship with this where like my parents tried to steer me in a right path, but it ended up backfiring for me. And they're just like, our blessing was not yours. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and vice versa, like my blessing was not theirs. So it's just, it's, it's very much like, again this movie is a lot deeper when you think if you get into it like with the whole like father realizing that I am just holding you back because of what I went through but you are a symbol that like times have changed and that I can support you maybe what I couldn't do you could do exactly yeah. and so this is when we get the line where mom's like at least I taught her how to make a proper Indian dinner I still can't get over that like I cannot believe that that was it that was enough for her yeah <laughs> She was on a high. I just yeah. got my daughter married. I don't fucking care what you do now. You go to college, it's paid for. I taught you how to cook. Get out of my face. I'm tired. I'm tired. I have to deal with your father later. You got this white man on your wall. You sneaking around. You showing your legs. You got a lesbian friend. I'm done. I'm tired. You learned how to cook this damn meal. I, I, that's all I know how to do. It's the high from the sister's wedding. You are yes. so right. It's that high. And the fact that she got second proposed to like right after. I'm sure <laughs> Tony's proposal was still on her mind. Yes. You know, I, he probably was like, Tony's still there. He's yeah, still there. When, when she comes back, I'll get this second wedding. I, that's secure. Yeah. We're yep. good to go. If yeah. you want to lie for her, he love her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's exactly what the mom was thinking. Yes. yes. <laughs> 
And Jess goes to tell Joe, which is the scene behind me. He's still at the field. I love that moment. It's so sweet. And she just realizes I'm going to be in California. Like I would have loved for this to work out. And I'm so glad my parents are letting me go, but you're going to be coaching here. I'm going to be in California. What are we doing? And he does say, well, I guess there isn't much point in us starting something. Now we're at the airport seeing them off. (laughs) Yes. And Jules's mom buys her a jersey as like a peace offering and it has isn't Mia Ham's number on it. So she's obsessed with Mia Ham. And which is funny because in the States when they were making this when they were thinking about the name of the movie, because obviously they David Beckham is not like a god here I guess as much as it was there they were thinking about actually calling it move it like Mia oh okay okay I like to move it move it (laughs) I I just think that's silly yeah how are they gonna change all that yeah I'm glad that because like she again she had a shrine of David Beckham yeah like I get like just and he did he gave his permission for them to use the name he said he fully supports women's soccer or women's football. And so he was very happy to lend his name and then his little cameo at the end. He also added that he he wants more people to buy tickets. He wanted more women oh, yeah. to come to the game. Oh. So financially, he was making moves, if you know what I mean. That's a good point. I'm just glad the movie didn't assimilate to American culture because I feel like the movie existing in the British yeah that I did it made it work so well. Yes, I feel like if it if they were going to do something like that, they would have to change it completely, like they did Fever Pitch. Yeah, exactly. And this is why we have She's the Man. We're good. Yes, yes, we um, have our female soccer movie. Yeah. So a little background is that even though David Beckham's name is in the title, Grinda Chada based the whole premise of basing it on soccer or football on Ian Wright's success as a black footballer in England. Oh, wow. Specifically wearing the Union Jack at the Euro 96 championship. She has admitted she doesn't know a lick about football. When she wrote the movie, she wrote most of the parts, but when it came to any of the football parts, that's why she had her other two writers help fix it. And she's like, it's fine. I don't have to know about football, but I respect that because it makes a better movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, men get women in on the writing table (laughs) when you're writing those scripts. So you don't have women just fighting with each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Representation behind production is just so much more important than people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I love when you watch the end of this movie and they are all singing hot 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 that yeah. you see so many different types of people behind the mm-hmm. scenes, which mm-hmm. tells me it was a very diverse yeah production. And you yeah. can tell they had fun. Like it was yeah. John the Reese Myers aside, like literally everyone else is very happy <laughs> part of this. So I, I love that there's a lot of parts that I love. I've said this a lot, but that ending is really cute. One of my favorite parts, and I actually made a TikTok video that I'm gonna post later, but it's uh, whenever he's playing cricket with the dad. I love that part because that is how you it's get so it the kids. That's how you that is the that is the key. <laughs> like if anybody is listening to this, if you want to get good at my dad, just play cricket with him. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, just prior to that, in the airport, Joe shows up mm-hmm. and he says he's been offered the men's gig, but he decides to stay oh, with the women's team. 
That's right. And he won't be her though. coach anyways because she's going yeah. away. But he's in America, right? Like he's offered a coach American team? No, he is offered. They're deciding to make the team a professional team. Oh. And so he's going to coach the girls team as a professional team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then he's like, I hope once you're done with your studies to recruit you for England. And she's like, if you um, can afford me or something. Yes. Which is really sad because in real life, the actual WUSA, it crumbles and they have to close up shop. So Jess and Jules in real life aren't actually going to make it to this non-existent professional league, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it folded seven weeks after the film was released in the U.S. Sorry, Jess and Jules. Wow, that was so quick. I thought it was like within the same year, but wow. Yeah. Yeah, but they do have a conversation and is it is it Joe that says I can't let you go without knowing even family yeah. and distance we might yeah might have something mm-hmm. and so she said well I'll be back at, at Christmas time yeah. mm-hmm. and so then we get a scene and it has to be because this is end of summer and by Christmas the the, the next scene they show sister is like Pregnant. heavily pregnant, pregnant. Yeah. pregnant. <laughs> yeah. it makes me wonder was she pregnant before she got married? oh she was <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole conspiracy theory since I was a child <laughs> and then it's like she was definitely pregnant before and he's been laying down the groundwork that Jess may have been gone but he mm-hmm. is working the family yes yeah so we see him playing cricket with dad and they're all in like little matching cricket outfits with the sweater vests yeah it's adorable I don't like cricket but I like those outfits (laughs) (laughs) and that is bend it like Beckham (laughs) it is an Uh, experience for sure (laughs) do we have any fun facts that we still want to say before we get to it was Kira Knightley's first major supporting role. I do like that Parminda won FIFA's presidential award because the film deals with issues of cultural conform- conformity and serves superbly to bring women's football into the spotlight as a game for all women of all cultures, according to FIFA. She was the first woman to receive the award and she beat out the likes of Luis, Luis Figo and Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. And a heavily edited version of the movie aired in North Korea, making it the first Western-made film to air there. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Just to add, Perminder is, so we brought up Never Have I Ever. The character Anissa and Perminder are coming out with a new movie or like a series soon. So They're coming out with, wait. They're working together. Like they're both going to be starring in something together. Oh, that's super cool. I haven't seen her. I remember her in Ella Enchanted. I remember her in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I loved her in ER. She's been on a lot of TV shows lately. Okay, good. I I, I remember she had her stunt in ER, but that was like a while ago. So I was like, I haven't seen her. And Anissa just like, I know that Never Have I Ever is coming out with her season. So I can't remember the actress's name. So I, when I heard that they were going to be doing something together, I was like, oh my God, it's like my childhood and my like adulthood <laughs> coming together. together. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what she, I feel like she's about to have a, another like renaissance. Of, like That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what bending the ball is, it's when a player kicks the ball to create a curve that can get around a wall of defenders, which apparently 
it even takes physics into matter like to get this right and David Beckham was the first to really bend the ball and he put bending on the map and his ability to consistently do it is what made him a standout player plus he's hot (laughs) (laughs) plus that that's that yeah. Why don't you tell everyone how to find you on your social channels, Maria, so that they can yeah. check out your videos? Yeah. Again, the best way to find me is on TikTok. Call me by the name Maria. And then I have a link tree with everything else. I talk about TV, fandoms, movies, and have your own representation. So yeah, if you would like that, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you guys can tweet us on the twatters and Tell us your opinions of this movie, if you agreed, disagreed. And that is at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And I'll start with you, Mario. What is your present day rating of this movie? I think I'm going to buy it again. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say rewatched. I I can't remember the drink. I know I would rewatch a lot, but it came in a lot of the feels. So yeah, buy it again. Jackie, how about present day Jackie? How does she feel about it now? I would give it a five day. If it's on, I'll definitely watch it. Or if someone wants to sit down and watch it, definitely. Uh, for me, it would be a, a would buy it again. I'm so glad we finally did this movie because I try to withhold from watching the movies that I know we're going to do so I don't mess up like my initial feeling. So now that this is opened back up that I can go back and watch it, that makes me feel much better because <laughs> I couldn't. So yay, we all like it. Awesome. And if you have any feedback, want to suggest future movies, what you like, dislike, give us corrections, share favorite moments or blockbuster or video store stories, hit us up at our quick drop 909601 and MLF 909601-6653. As Danielle said, you can also twat us at the Twitters or leave a voice message at our Anchor FM for our international listeners, and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we take on the hostage caper masterminds with Patrick Stewart, our grand zaddy. Yes. And as always, be kind and rewind.